Welcome to episode 26 of Inside Jogging Podcast. We've made it to our six-month anniversary, so thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully you're enjoying what we put out each week. Um, even if you don't, I don't really care. Um, we want to keep improving still, so, um, so yeah, keep sending your feedback in. I might listen. Um, in a week, we've seen our leaders talk about reducing carbon emissions. Josh has been um, upping his carbon footprint with a few fast laps in his next percent around Battersea Park. Matt's been knocking out some super quick reps around Wrexham Industrial Estate. And I've been ticking, I've been ticking, no, I've had a ticking off from the groundsman at the cricket club. He's not happy with me running around the boundary. So I'll get into that later. Big week to crack through. Um, We'll talk through our weeks. We'll have a look at the Strava leaderboard. There's a big announcement on how you can support the show. We answer some list of questions, go into the latest running news. And we, after all of that, we've got a brilliant interview with the host of the Inside Running podcast, Brady Frelfall, which I always struggle to say his surname, but Brady It's Trayful, isn't it? Is it Trayful? Isn't it Frelfall? Anyway, I should have cleared that up for him, really, when we spoke to him on Friday night. But yeah, that's enough of me talking. So, Josh, you look like you're in London. Um, how's things going? We had a good interview on, on Friday night with Brady, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, Brady... Uh... One of the easiest person or people I've ever sort of spoke to interview-wise. You ask him a very short question, he can talk for 20 minutes. So, it was, uh, yeah, that was very nice for um, for us. So, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm not sure 100% how long I'm going to stay here for. Sort of uh, just trip trip the country at the minute. Uh, just a quick note, Josh is hotspotting off his phone because um, the person he's staying with hasn't paid his broadband bills by the sound of it. So, <laughs> his internet could drop in and out. Um, but, yeah, Brady... It was, it was quite, kind of annoying because I had this list of questions. I'd prepped quite a lot for it, tried to impress him with these stats. But every time I read a question, it was like he could read my question sheet and just kept answering ones further down, didn't he? So, yeah, couldn't show off my, professional. my knowledge. That's what we said to him. Big pro. Anyway, let me introduce my other co-host who you just heard from, um, the 149 800-metre man, Matty Clowes. How's life in Wales, mate? Oh, God, I've just had a yoghurt. What kind of yoghurt? Vanilla yoghurt. Lovely. Just, just vanilla? Just vanilla. Just, no, it was actually no, it was a honey one, actually. But the honey was mixed into it. Okay. Um, I'm a simple man. I'm all good, mate, thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, it's Sunday. I've just been to come back from a baby shower. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that's been my Sunday. Don't, isn't it just usually women who go to these baby showers? No, I go as well. Everyone invites me, mate. Everyone wants a piece of classy. Yeah. Looks just, like Josh just is, there for moral support. Josh is either frozen or he's just very still right now. So um, we'll crack on I'm, regardless. I'm sorry, but how? Josh is in London and now he's just gone off. How is his internet bad? He's in the capital city. Because he lives, he's, lives, he's staying with Dan Jarvis, who, if you know Jarvis, he's probably um, rewired the, the local wires into his house so he can siphon it for free. Yeah, I reckon he's on Talk Talk. That's a terrible broadband service down there. Definitely on something bad. I think, I think I'm back. back. I yeah, think you... I'm back. I tried to switch to Wi-Fi, but actually I think it's worse. 
Well, you just stay with us. We'll we'll go into into clouds this week. Um, so I don't know if you got your trained up, Matt, but let's um let's go back to Monday, which I know you need a prompt, Yuji, eighth November. Talk am I it. best? Am I best getting the Strava up on my um, computer going forward? If you go into your well. I, I can see your weeks easily because I just click on your weeks, but it's always a bit of a faff to get your own week up. Um, don't oh, know no. the answer. Well, I multiple devices, Matt, so I, I don't do it. I do it on my computer, on another computer. Yeah, but you're a nerd. <laughs> That's why. Told you, Josh, simple man. He wants me to download WhatsApp on my iPad. I just <laughs> want it on my phone. So, uh, Monday, the 8th of November... <clears throat> 7.9 miles at 7.50. Um, Josh is looking at me. That was a, that was a slow Funny. one. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. Great. I loved it. So that was um, nice and easy um, in the morning. Plus weights. Getting the weights up now. Feeling strong. What you want to? Um, well, I'm nowhere near what I'm, I'm normally at, but I'm getting over the hundreds again on the squats. Um, I reckon come December, I'll be back up to 130, 140. Does, you know when you do the, the, the squats with the bar, does it not hurt mm. your neck where the squat bar is positioned? Got traps, mate. Do you, you don't use a pad or do you use a pad? No. See, even we have me and Josh have to use a pad because if we don't use it, it's painful i have my t-shirt off as well <laughs> i hope oh, you do cool. <laughs> i do i do um because i just it just feels more comfortable i don't know why does gina just sit there and watch you in awe no no she doesn't just hears me grunting <laughs> from the from the shed less of that um yeah so there we are that was monday um tuesday just 10 just over 10 miles in the morning, 7.13 pace. Um, I, I just did the one run, actually, because I was uh, down, down the big smoke on Wednesday. So this was a very traumatic experience, actually, on Wednesday. I can see from Strava. So, oh, my God. Now, I've got an official complaint to say here to Garmin. So when I'm normally down in London, <clears throat> I, I do like an out and back or I take my phone out. I thought this time I'd be adventurous. I'd download a, a loop onto my watch. Josh should be impressed there. Very tech savvy. Um, I wanted to do about 10 to 12 miles. That's like happy days. Got a little 11 miler. Um, so I thought, well, I have a little adventure. So anyway, um, I set off thinking, oh, this is fun. Um, I managed, you know, when you're on your phone, on your watch and you're like, you you know, it goes turn by turn. I was, I was knocking them all out of the park. I was like, right, I'm doing good here. Um, I got to about eight or nine miles. That's a few little turns here and there because I was getting a bit lost, but I was all right. I was like, this is, this is going really well, really well. I was really chuffed for myself thinking I've done a good job here. It wanted you, it wanted you to go through the Blackpool Tunnel, didn't it? So I don't know what that is. So anyway, well, you stayed you stayed at um, by the Blackwall Tunnel. Your hotel was right. I don't know, mate. You know what? You know, isn't it the one at London that you go for? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you not? I can't remember. 
anyway, anyway um, yeah, carry on sorry so come to, uh, pin that for a minute we'll, we'll come to it you got to 10 so anyway, miles I got to about 10 miles so that would make sense wouldn't it mm. so anyway um, I was like right I've got 0.5 left because obviously um, what I was doing is you can on your on your Garmin watch you can go back to the start so I thought back to the start meaning oh it'll just take me back to the start on my watch not take me back to the start of I've got to run 11 miles back the way it came. I've I've wondered this so much before if you've got lost and I've never had to do it but I'm glad you found that out for me. Oh yeah I found it out for you mate yeah don't you worry. Um, So anyway so I got to 11 well 10 and a half miles like right half mile left I was looking around thinking right where am I going now? I saw the freaking Thames in front of me so obviously he thought then this is to my thing now is I assume it wants him to go under some tunnel, eh? Yeah. Is that what it is? I imagine so, somewhere. You're probably so, you're, the, you're the other side of the river. I don't. There's, I, I don't know what bridges and what tunnels are open, but um, I doubt you can run through many tunnels. But anyway, knows? mate, I, the only way I was getting across there if I if I swam, right? So I thought. I've got it. I've got it because we were down for an expo. So um, at the London XL, um, and we had to be there early. And I was panicking because I obviously needed to get back and um, I needed to get to work. So I was like, "What? What am I going to do?" So I saw a bridge. Um, one way, I was like, "Right, I can't get back that way because I, I don't actually know where I'm going." So I ran round the O2, and I saw this cable car. You know, the cable car thing that went say, over. I was going to say, have you got a boat across? Right, so I got a cable car. I was like, right, okay. I can kind of see where I'm going here because I still got on my watch where the point is where I started. So I had to keep that on. I couldn't I couldn't stop my watch and restart it because I wouldn't know where I was going so I could, like, navigate. So I went over the... Um, I went onto the uh, cable car. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think I had enough money on my watch. Because with Garmin, you can actually get, uh, you know, you can. It's like Apple Pay. Anyway, You're more so savvy by the second here. It's got Apple anyway, Pay. Let's watch this kid. Yeah, Josh is getting excited. Here. So, um, anyway, so I got a scan. I was like, I've not got enough money here. So I scanned because you can scan, can't you? You can scan your payment, and it takes like a few pence, doesn't it, to get to get to gain access. I don't know if you boys knew that, or if I just made that up. What is a anyway, holding charge? You get yeah, like a holding charge. The day after, do you? Yeah. No, it's like when you, I think it's when you scan again and then it charges you. So, anyway, I had, um, I didn't have enough money on me actually. So, I only had three quid on me. I didn't know that. I checked after. So, I only had three quid. So, I scanned it. Mine's get on. There's me in a cable car, panicking, sweating. On my own over this over, over over the river, got to the other side and I thought I don't know if I've got enough money here to get through. Um, so I scanned my watch again; it went red. <laughs> so I hope the um, is it the TFL it there not? Is it TFL? No, yeah. London. Yeah, London. Transport, transport London. Transport. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hope they're not listening to this. So anyway, I I, re- I scanned it again, and then I saw the access the the gate access was open, so I just liked it. Um, so whether it whether it went through or not, I don't know. 
I'm going to say he did, just in case, um, you know, um, someone's listening, you can dob me in. So I managed to get over. I was like, right, I, I have no idea where I'm going here. But I, I saw, found another Ibis. It wasn't the one I was staying at. It was another one. So I asked them for directions. Anyway, 16 miles later, I, I got back. So moral of the story, um, don't upload um, a lapped loop on your Garmin. So one thing I have learned from that, this is going to be a very long episode. <laughs> yeah. Now it's when I whistle through. So that was my that was my adventure for Wednesday. Um, Thursday, so that was what I did Wednesday. Thursday was session day, so uh, just 10 by three minutes off one minute uh, walk rest. Um, I saw Moose was getting excited about my uh, walk or is it rest comment, so that was interesting. Um, I was sort of hitting about 253 to 255 for the Ks, which is good. Um, and I got the local legend of Pant Lane. So there we are, back on top. Who called it Pant? Is that you? No, I mean, mate. I, d- I don't know how to do all that. It's only pants on there at the moment. Yeah, I don't know who's done that. Um, but there we go. So there, there I am, local legend of the Pant pants straight so that was thursday um friday just a one run eight miles in the morning plus weights on friday friday before that you joined a new club the man cave natural performance skincare is that inspired by phil sessman or are you on the verge of a big deal um i don't know what it is mate i just i just joined it okay um i just joined oh i'll tell you what actually i'm just gonna i'm gonna um just uh Step back a few um, a few days. I had a lovely Italian um, calzone uh, Wednesday, no Tuesday evening. Um, calzone or calzoni? I can't, I can't, calzone is it calzone? Cal, calzoni. Um, it was absolutely lovely. So I normally have when I go to Italian. I'll just say this to you. I normally have. Um, I normally have my main, and I have a side of margarita. But the calzone was so big, I couldn't even finish my margarita. And it was it was massive. I love Absolutely a calzone. huge. Yeah. It makes me hungry. So I need to if eat you're, half this. If you're ever at the Ibis Docklands Hotel, firstly, never stay there. <laughs> but secondly, if you do, um, opposite, there's a lovely Italian restaurant. Really nice. So a little, a little tip there if you're in the area. So that was... Um, so back to the running. Friday. So that was Friday, um, just eight miles easy, 7.40 pace. And then Saturday, um, what do we set 10 miles on Saturday plus hills. So six times 15 second hills. Um, that was 7.32 pace. And then that brings us to today, Sunday. So um, Sessions have been going nicely as far as tempo runs. So I got to about 10 miles of long tempos. And after that, then start breaking it up, similar to what Josh is doing actually at the moment. Um, so um, today's session was two by 5K, um, the 1K jog. And this is the, probably the first time I've actually changed my watch over to Ks, um, which is a bit different. Good, not it? Yeah, like I um, I quite enjoyed it actually. So we just changed from talking about like miles to Ks just to because we get a lot of listeners who get confused by us talking in miles. So 
Yeah. No, we don't change it. Okay. We, we stay, stay to miles. But anyway, for, for, for today, I did case. <laughs> um, so the plan was to run around sort of 255 to, yeah, around 255 to 256, 57, that sort of area. Um, so it started off at... Pardon? The 2x5K? Yep. I'm not, mess- I'm not messing around here, mate. Yeah. Um, You'll so, go quicker next wh- week, Josh. Don't worry. Yeah, don't you worry, mate. I, I just can't get you smashing me at Telford, so I've got to do some work. Um, so the first 5K was 1442. Um, Is that your PB, Josh? One second faster than my PB. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the first one. So... Then I had a K jog. K jog was at about, I think it was about four thirty. So proper jog, um, Josh. Just to just a note, proper jog. Yeah, a proper jog. Um, he doesn't know what jogging means. And then the second K, I wanted to sort of hit around the same time. I managed to actually do a bit better. So fourteen thirty-seven for the second five K. Okay, and um, obviously that's impressive. But what I want to say right now is when Josh does this session. I can guarantee he will smash his first rep, then be slightly slow on the second rep, but do a float in between. Yeah, and the float will be quicker. Yeah. As long yeah. as the overall time is faster, it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was good. So, I actually have, uh, I think I went to the 10K in about 30.45 with the K float. That's impressive. Yeah, that's good. Um, it was one of them. It's with obviously the, Josh is the same, it's, you know, it's, it's having this short block before getting back into marathon training. It's just trying to get a bit more quality in. Um, and that was the idea for today. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I mean, conditions were perfect, actually. It was a, re- a really nice morning, um, which I'm sure if you listened to uh, Inside Running podcast last week, Moose said about a lot about the conditions of runs. So, um, so yeah so that was good um and then so that was that was my week so ended up running just under 80 miles for the week so 79 miles was that the plan or did you plan to do a little bit more because that's slightly less than last week is it yeah i mean i kind of wanted to hover around 80 mile mark and i got two good sessions in. i got a semi long run in on the wednesday busy week at work so yeah that's that's fine yeah, get all the right ingredients in. It doesn't really, you don't need to chase a number, do you? Yeah, Gosh, exactly. Um, but yeah, solid week. Um, so can I expect a similar sort of volume from Josh next week or is he going to go to 120? I've stopped giving Josh ranges now. <laughs> Just so he, so he doesn't beat them. Yeah. On that note, Josh, let's go into yeah. your week, mate. All right, Monday morning or l- Monday lunchtime. Um, so this was the day after Reading, so that's why I did run in the morning, actually. I gave myself a lay-in. Um, so I did 10 miles, 6.42s. So actually, once I got did a couple of miles, I actually felt pretty good. Um, so that was quite a nice surprise. Um, then in the evening, I did four miles, 7.11s. Why are you smiling already, Aaron? I'm looking at Matt's, because Matt's trying to work out why his, why his screen is flashing, <laughs> I assume. Can you see that? Yeah. yeah. It's sometimes I don't know what's cap- going on there. the light sometimes. Right. Turn the light on. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll just do. I'll just do it in the dark. It's fine. Oh, the light was on. It was on. Yeah. It looked pretty dark. <laughs> do it in the dark. I'll, do, I'll just do it in the darkness. <laughs> it's fine. 
Tuesday lunchtime. Um, so we got, there's a few times actually last week. Or, yeah, last week I, I ran at lunch rather than uh, in the morning. And that's probably just me being lazy, getting, not getting up in time. Um, so did uh, just over four miles, 644s. Uh, and then in the evening, I went out and did eight miles at 630s. So not messing not about on these ones. Uh, and then just did some strides after that. So six by 15. So this is something I said to, well, I think both of you, to be honest, I found that doing these faster sessions, uh, it's all for me is just cadence. So getting the strides in a couple of times a week is really sort of helping me do that. So, so you're sure. saying you just said that you're not messing around. Is this for your easy runs? You're not messing around. No, it's it just faster than I. Yeah, I think you already moaned at me after it. Why are you not messing? What do you mean you're not messing around on no, easy just, runs? You're not supposed to mess around with them. You're supposed to be running them bloody easy. The pace was a bit faster than I thought. I thought it was. Let me see what my heart rate was though. So I don't think my heart rate was too bad last week. One four seven you, average. Yeah, one four seven, far that, too quick. Bad, bad example. Bad example. Let's <laughs> let's let's retreat. That's before the session. Carry on. Let's move on to Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Wednesday. Wednesday lunchtime. Uh, so I did four miles, six fifty ones. Actually, my heart rate wasn't so bad on that one. Um, I'm pretty sure. Then got to the session. So I did just under three mile warm up. And then this, I thought this was quite a big session actually. Um, and I was a little bit worried about the some of the pace of some of the reps. So it's meant to be basically a mile, sort of like a hard tempo. I don't know what the technical term is. Just not flat out, but um, yeah. So that, and then uh, a lap jog, then 16 400s, but the 400s meant to be like alternating pace. So Matt said, aim for 70 and 65 to 66. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I've got 65s in my locker at the minute. Um, and then another lap jog and then another mile. So I wore the next percents for the mile on the track. And uh, let me just get my pace up. Yeah, uh, so when 443, so that was, I just did 1600s, so like the, missed the nine meters off. Um, and the four, first four, so I, I did actually go down to Dragonflies um, for the 400s. I needed every sort of uh, help I could get. I went 69 for the first one. And then I was like, that feels, that feels all right. Um, I could probably keep this pace. And then I thought, right, well, I'm just going to run basically hard for the next 400. I'll see what I go through 200. And then sort we're, of not get, we're not going to talk through every 400, are we? No, 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 no. I'm just going to say, judge it. <laughs> the first hard one, I basically just went like, hard for 200 and I looked and it was like 30 I was like okay well that's too quick um so I sort of backed off a bit and I finished in 63 and I was like well, okay some people would probably be like right let's rein it in we can do 65s now um but I was like well I've set my stall out so I'm gonna try and run 63 64 for all of them which is pretty much what I did um and actually on the the slower one I got I was a little bit quicker so I probably averaged like 63 high and 60 eight low maybe on the low on the slower ones with a couple of six sevens in there um the last rep i uh, i had to basically stop a little bit early because there was a group of guys on the track um so yeah i couldn't get through um so uh, matt's gonna be so angry at this i wanted to run 60 for the last rep and i went through and i went through for 345 so i was about on track um because i thought open the legs out a little bit and then i went out and i did an actual mile on the road uh just put them in X percent back on and ran 444. So I was pretty pleased with that session. Um, pretty pleased. You told the whole <laughs> world about it immediately. You're over the moon. You even yeah. phoned me. You even phoned me, I think, before you, on your call down. <laughs> Generally, I know it's a good session. Jake I thought, of course. <laughs> Jake and I have this thing where if one of us has a good session, all we say is check my Strava. And uh, 
I think both of us that evening said sent the same text. So um, yeah. So your Strava description took a bit of a change. Um, I think you yes. calmed down a bit after your initial Strava description. So you got in a bit of an altercation on um, at 300 in that last rep and couldn't get around people on the track. Um, so it's nice to see that I've passed on some of my anger to you and I've just yeah. passed that baton on. So I was annoyed, but I've, uh, I've cooled down now. It was more because I wanted to run 60 more than anything. <laughs> I was like, fuck, it's taking my opportunity there. I'm so glad them people were on that track and you couldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. Clarity put them there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, warmed down after that. I think I was called air and was like, look what I've just done. Um, and then I ran with... Uh, what I've just done, I've just ran three or four seconds <laughs> per rep too quick than what I've just had. That was my exact, yeah. Um, so Thursday, that was Wednesday. Then Thursday morning I ran with my dad and Phil Martin. And uh, yeah, first first couple of miles were a little bit slower there. So because by the time I got back from that session, I, I was working a little bit later and it was like nearly 10 o'clock. And then we met, we were actually running at seven o'clock in the morning. So yeah, it was pretty early. Um, so I did just over just over 10 miles, 7.06 average. But I think my first two were like 7.45, 7.35. Did Big Paul do 10 miles with you? Oh yeah. He okay. loves it. He's in Seville as well. He's coming. Is he? Yeah. Beers on him then. He doesn't want to tell anyone, but so I'll, I'll say on <laughs> Just tell the podcast. He wants to try and break 230. Ambitious, but... I'll pace him. Get, yeah, get, get him, him on the, get him pay, on the Cluzy programme. Get him to pay, pay for me and I'll come yeah. pace him. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I ran with uh, those two in the morning and then um, I ran, just ran on my own in the evening. Actually, my heart rate was 128. You didn't, you didn't run on your own in the evening. You ran on the phone to me for half. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say my heart rate was one two eight. I ran four miles at seven oh sevens, and I was on the phone the whole time, which I thought was quite good. I didn't even know he was, he was running. I was waiting to go for my my run, and he phoned, and um, and yeah, I only realised after about ten minutes that he was running, and he, I ended up not running because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Friday morning. Uh, I went out on my own, did 12 miles, average 640s. Um, so, yeah, I kind of wanted, like, 80 minutes, so that, that was kind of, uh, yeah, ideal. So, was, yeah, again, started a little bit slower. Once the legs got going, it was all right, and then did some strides after, so 6 by 15. Oh, I've actually put a comment on this. So, I did some – the reason Wednesday was so late, I went to the gym afterwards. I don't know if you've ever had this. It's quite embarrassing. So, I had a bit of doms in my hamstrings from doing deadlifts, but I was like, why have I got doms in the top of my back? And I thought about it, and the only thing I can think of is lifting the plates and putting them on the bar. I have the worst doms at the top of my back and my arms from that. You shouldn't admit that to people. How heavy were the terrible. plates? Uh, I think the heaviest was 20 that I was lifting. I got my, um, I got my deadlifts up to 50 kilos. So. The problem is now my arms aren't strong enough to hold the bar. So I'm sort of shaking my arms as I'm sort of trying to hold it, which isn't ideal, but... There we go. Um, Saturday morning. So, uh, on, so on Friday evening, uh, I came down to London uh, and did a session around Battersea. Um, so I met up with a group. So met up with Rose to warm up, and then I did a session on my own, pretty much. So, and this one, I was kind of a little bit not worried about, but I was like, oh, this is good. if I hit this, I'll be impressed. So I had three by two miles off three minute jog, and Matt wanted me basically to run four fifty. Good, he's broken up. He's gone. He's had a nightmare. Well, 
I'm going to preempt it. This is it. the pinnacle of his week as well. <laughs> I'm going to preempt it. So Matt basically gave him a guide and wanted him to pick up second rep. So what does he do, Matt? Goes out far too fast and then regresses for the whole session. I mean, it's still <laughs> impressive times, but yeah. Um, when he comes back, he'll he'll add his notes. Here he is. You need you're mute. What was the last thing you heard me say? Because I've been nothing. Talking. You're about to start your session. Okay, so uh, three by two miles. So Matt wanted me to do the first rep four fifties, second rep four forty fives, then four fifties again. So when nine forty was it four fifties like, or was it four fifty fifty fives? Yeah, fifty to fifty five. So four fifties. Um, <laughs> so when nine forty, and I was like, right, I'll try and pick up from this. And it was all right for like the first half a mile. And I was like, oh, this is pretty quick. And it's just like small little threshold that is just a little bit too far. So I was 940, 943, 944. So it was consistent, but it was just three by two miles, not with a pickup. Josh, what did I tell you on the phone for that second rep? Yeah, you said don't go 440, but I was, on, I was bang on 445 pace. And then I, then I sort of just got a bit tired. But it, I, like I said, it's all in my cadence. So as soon as my cadence drops a little bit, it's like, oh, but yeah. It's all in your cadence. Do you not think it's all that you're just knackered? Oh, no. No, as soon as I slow, my legs just stop going. It's great. It happened in London as well. But I mean, it's probably a reason so for it. I don't know. You think if you, if you make your cadence quicker, you'll run much faster? Yeah, 100%. It's not usually how it works, mate. You should have a natural cadence and it's usually... Not Honestly, the cadence that makes well, you quicker, it's your aerobic ability. Well, maybe that as well. But my <laughs> cadence is so much slower when I run slower than it is if I run quicker. Jeremy, you check yeah, on your watch. Obviously, obviously, your cadence will, you know, compare if you run a two mile flat out versus a marathon, your cadence will be different. But yeah. just going, like, if I go out and go, I've got a two mile rep and say my, my cadence is quite high, say it's 190. If I go, I'm going to run a 220 cadence. It doesn't mean I'm going to run faster. It just means I run no. like an idiot. If I if I feel like I'm slowing down in a rep, all I do is move my arms faster on a pickup. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's what I think. Anyway. You're an idiot. So, yeah, did my uh, warm down after that. And then... I'm looking morning, forward to seeing that at 9K in Telford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, 19 miles this morning uh, with Rose and Jarvis. Um, so yeah, what did I nine, give you for that one? Two hours. So I was like five minutes over. You did two hours. Six. One fifty to two hours. I've no, got no, no, no. Yeah, you, to two you, hours. You said one fifty to two. Yeah, I saw it. Um, so my question on that long run was: Jarvis did seventeen mile. So yeah. Why did you not just do that with him? Because he scooted the first two miles to work. So why didn't you? Well, I couldn't just hug him on the back of his scooter. Of course you could. Um, <laughs> how far did Rose go? She went 16, but she drove there. So both of them two ran 16, 17, but you thought, nah, I'm going to still do 19. Um, that's my first question. Yeah. Secondly, more seriously. So you're um, training quite late and then running quite early in the morning. Like yeah. fueling wise. And if you look at your, so you did Reading last week, last, last weekend. Clousey's put out a plan for you based on on load because you raced last weekend so he's trying to manage your load you obviously then smash wednesday session and yeah. and run pretty hard saturday and then do longer on sunday do a 99 mile week are you not worried about the load because i know Klaus is 
No, we had a conversation about this earlier. It's fine. I, I basically said, like, as long as I'm not too marathon fit, I'm not that worried. Are you as not... long as I'm more 10K fit. But, like, eating-wise, it must be quite hard for you to finish a session at whenever, late at night, and then run at 7 o'clock in the morning. Are you fueling mm. well, would you say? I'm trying to think what I had. I, I definitely ate after my, my session. I think I had some toast in the morning before I ran, and then I'd eat after I ran. No, but so after, your session, after your session, are you eating late at night? Yeah, I like a meal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just late. And you sit, I sit there probably for about an hour trying to... You're probably just eating cheese strings, though. <laughs> no. no cheese my strings and clementines. So, yeah, so my mileage was 99.4 this week. No, it, I mean, it's a good week and they're good, in, good sessions. But I think as Matt will probably, probably say, you know, just... Oh, on the side of course sometimes yeah just you don't need to do it much but you know if he sets you a range you don't need to beat the range every week it's like it's already been mentioned used to say to me it's a it's a limit not a target fair enough i'm not going to go into you anymore because people get upset and i love you so i'm gonna be nice right let me i'll crack through my week because um yeah nobody wants to hear about the slow man on the podcast um so, where do we start? Monday morning. Um, I don't think I got out Monday morning because I've got, I had a really busy week at work. We've just got a database launching. So, I've been busy back to back calls pretty much all day. So, Jen was working in London, which meant when she works away, I have to wait for her mum to come out to look after Eliza at like nine o'clock. So, I can't get out in the morning for a morning run. So, Popped out at lunch. I think I got out about two o'clock. Did an hour easy at 6.58. Nice little run out to, to Ketton. You know, that quarry we got stuck in run, once, Josh. Um, the worst ones I've ever done in my life. <laughs> but yeah, I, I ran out that way. Did a few laps of football pitch. Nice little cross-country loop, actually. I think I might use it in future. Um, and and yeah, that was, that was Monday. I've actually lost my straw on my screen, so I'm just going to do my best to remember. Tuesday. Um, again, pretty pressed for time on Tuesday. So the plan was I was going to do an adapted mono. Um, so I was going to do, I think a mile at threshold, then mono fartlet, then another mile at threshold. Um, I was really pressed for time. So I shortened the warm up, got a couple, just did a couple of miles and started the first mile at threshold. And I was just coming around about 90 seconds in the groundsman was with his, you know, the little wheelie thing to mark the lines of the foot pitch. He was just stood there on the cricket boundary sort of thing. And I ran past him, but he like signaled that he wanted to chat. So I stopped. I was like, what's up, mate? And he goes, can you run somewhere else? I was like, well, why? He's like, you're making a mess of the, of the football pitches. Because to be fair to him, there is a mark where we've been running, not just me, a few others been running around the boundary. Um, but unfortunately, because they've been building at the back of the cricket club, all around the side of the football pitches is churned up. So you can't do a perimeter, really. Anyway, it sort of, I got, I got his point and I see his point and I'm going to try and sort of not, I don't really need to use the cricket pitch. I can just run around the edge of the football pitches. It's fine. But, is it run um, by the council? Sort of. Um, yes and no, but in in the, like the football clubs don't actually pay any money to be there. So 
it's just a case that the council grass cutting people are based at the cricket club so they've got their little hut there so he's always there he's always monitoring it and um i think he just likes it looking good so yeah fair enough but what did annoy me was he stopped me mid-session and i did say to him like if they're playing a football match would you walk in the middle of that and just go hang on a sec boys stop i want a word you know you could just sort of say you know can we have a chat afterwards or something you don't need to stop me in middle of the session but you should, just... have, um, you should have had a racing vest on with a bib yeah could have done i did mm. think about just ignoring him but as i was doing laps i thought i'm just gonna be around 70 seconds and you'll have a go at me then but to me it wasn't that bad i just um yeah it just wound me up a bit because i was pressed for time so i i had to cut my session short and just did a you know after whenever i get annoyed you get that like bit of adrenaline but then you come on like a, a downer from it, don't you? So I sort of got halfway through my monofartlek and I was, yeah, pretty, I just wasn't really invested in it. So it was pretty poor session all in all. Anyway, I just did a mono. Um, I think it did about 10 minutes cool down and drove home to go on more calls. So yeah, slightly shorter Tuesday. Wednesday, I got out at lunchtime and ended up doing nearly 90 minutes. 6.47s, Josh, you'll like that. Um, got rolling um pretty hilly as well i don't know how much feet of elevation but pretty hilly for um for for me and yeah your mate mr bar raman commented on my run classy he um very nice came across the podcast so so yeah got some mileage in wednesday because i wasn't going to go out again thursday i was going to do an hour and i was going to do half an hour in the evening but I got delayed again, so got out at lunchtime. Actually, I was just about to go for the run, and I've got a new next-door neighbour, so I stood chatting to him for 15 minutes. How is he? He's all right. He's, um, his Did you bring a cherry pie around? His wife, well, they're not fully moved in. His wife's um, pregnant, so it's nice. Um, they've moved up from Guildford, and I told them about Nico, my cat, likes to poo in their garden, so I said, just move him on if he's there. And they said, don't worry, we're not Matt Clouds, we're not going to shoot your cat. Um, Did you not get any scaredy cat, scaredy cat plants? Well, I don't want scaredy cat plants. I love my cat. So No, I know, but they tell him to get some. They've got a little dog, so the dogs will scare him off, so that's all good. Oh, fair I said, yeah, that'll sort him out. He needs to be, you know, he needs he needs a little talking to because he's got a bit too big for his boots, isn't he? Cat? A bit cocky. So, yeah. Um, Can I comment on your run, please? Which one? The first day? This, yeah. Yeah, because I've not finished. I'll tell you why, basically. So, again, I was pressed for time. So, in the end, I was like, look, I've got 40 minutes to get this run in. I want to go on the flat. And I got 40 minutes, and that was 1 o'clock, I think, or 45 minutes. Got back to the door, checked my WhatsApp, and my call was delayed another 15 minutes. So, I went straight off and finished off for an hour. So that's why it's loads of loops everywhere. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. My hips would be so sore if I did that run. Yeah, it's just um, Josh knows. Like where I live, I'm like on top of a hill. So if you go too far, one's or either way, you have to come back up a big hill. So I just tried to try to just roll around the flat as much as I could. Really, it's right though. I'm um, I'm really happy that it's easy runs are feeling easy again and not even thinking yeah. about it just able to run so that's all good friday 
got out in the morning. I was going to go on the road because I, I was going to do two by kind of 5K threshold, similar to your session, Klaus. I didn't know about your session, so you can't invoice me for this one. Um, but it was super windy and I didn't really, I couldn't be bothered to go out on the road. A bit like, um, I think Brady says later, it's, and I think you've said it before, like, it's just sometimes easy to go down to where you know, get the session done and come home. So I did two by 16 minutes around the, around the cricket pitch, but I wasn't meant to be using. Although there's a few extra lines around there this time. So Granton will be happy if he's following my Strava. Um, and I was wearing spikes because it's quite soft now. And I'll tell you what, it drains your legs running on the grass. Like, 16 minutes even though i was trying to run at threshold was pretty pretty tough so um but yeah it's i'm working at intensity is quite good i think i'm actually getting pretty fit so are you planning on doing uh, more grass sessions now or really go off the road um a bit of both it depends what i can can use i haven't got a lot of flat road that i can use for sessions there's a few loops i can use for tempos that i've been meaning to use but um yeah other than driving to peterborough which i don't really want to do it's not really need much. to get off treadmill I'm, I'm working on it because that will solve all my issues with um once the lies go to bed i can jump on for a double um yeah saturday morning i did a bit longer I did 80 minutes because i felt quite good just in out and back um i think miles three to six are uphill so six to nine i got rolling a bit so i managed to average on a seven minute mile in um and then i got out for double saturday evening so i did 35 minutes just around the, double on a saturday yeah i decided okay. to, to get the big weekend in um just have a bit more time on saturday so just yeah got it done really um and then this morning joined ben heron and phil martin for a, a little loop um planned on 16 miles hour 45 ish achieved exactly an hour 45 so they kept them two kept saying to me um that i didn't know where i was going and they kept yeah talking rubbish i i don't think there's ever been a run i've been on josh where i've got the distance wrong has there so i don't know what they're they're moaning about but but yeah got it bang on so we um rolled up a few hills around folksworth which josh will know about there's a nice little 15 mile around there um found a few nice little places to run so Good day. I'm, I think that's my first run all week. I've joined somebody for a run. So nice to be sociable on a Sunday. Um, but yeah, that's got me to 82 miles, I think, for the week. So nice. I managed to beat you, Classic. Yeah. Um, Good week. Yeah. So I'll try for 90 next week. Just trying to gradually move it up as a build Ooh, for Milton. Josh King. isn't going to like that one next week. Is it going to be higher than him? <laughs> He's rolling his eyes already. He's down to he's dropped me down to eighty miles. He I said, "You've got a rest day." I said, "I don't want one." <laughs> yeah, compromise. Well, I'll see. It it all depends on when I can get out. Jenny's working a lot next week, so yeah, it's just a bit of a. I'll just try and run, run when I can. I put a lot. I put a lot of doubles in. I actually need to speak to Nick, my coach, because the last few weeks I've been coaching myself, which isn't isn't ideal. Um, I thought I was coaching you. Well, maybe I need to speak to you in the week and we need to put a bit of a plan together. So, um, yeah, I just need to 
start building for Manchester, really, or maybe Seville. I need to answer Josh's question. He wants to know if I want to do Seville. So, yeah, make a decision ASAP. Right, Strava leaderboard. Josh, are you on it? Yeah, got it. So, in first place this week, and I'm, I'm pretty confident this isn't correct, um, but we've got Mustafa Rahman with 341 miles. What a um, week. Big week. Yeah, big old week. What a week. Um, <laughs> and the longest one he's got is down as 294 miles. And I've just had a look that's at this week. That's a big day. That is, and I can't see that. So I don't know if that's actually a glitch on uh, on Strava. So no, I'll mention it just in case he has a big... Say again. I reckon he's just put a big weekend. Oh, yeah, he's still running probably. I mean, it's impressive if he's done 341 miles with a total elevation gain of 683 feet. Yeah, it's, yeah, that I mean, it's massive, isn't it? So I, I would imagine that's probably not correct. But we'll give you a shout out anyway. So we've got our, the main man, Connor Dillon, back in there. He's had, a, he's had a down week this week, 131 miles. Hold um, on, Connor. Yeah. Way to recover. <laughs> so then uh, we've got Joe Turner featuring the third. So 125. He actually posted uh, back to the leaderboard, so he'll probably appreciate a shout out. And uh, then we've got this week's guest, actually, Brady. And I actually also don't know how to say his surname, so let's just go with Brady. Um, 120 miles. So he's just dropping mar- marathon after marathon at the minute. He, he ran 26.7 miles as long as he runs. So, big deal up for Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah. What are we saying? He's a bit like you, Josh, uh, Brady, as he loves leathering himself. But I think he actually he's getting he's improving. He's more yeah. disciplined now. He's he's maturing, isn't he? Nicely. Yeah, he's um, maturing. Yeah. I think he's going to run quick at Melbourne. You know, if they get a good day, I can see him. What are we thinking? Things. I think he'll. I think he'll be in or in or around two sixteen seventeen. Yeah, that's what nice I'm I think it, he says on the he's looking for just under two twenty. I think he said, but I told him to stop sandbagging. Um, so we'll see. Um, who's our top lady for the leaderboard I was though? just looking at that actually because um, I always think we uh, Anna Anna, yeah. uh, Anna Brace Girdle what, what 29 78 uh, miles there's, there's Jess Tyres oh yeah Jess 90.4 nice we know Jess uh, Oxford good week that is oh this solid because her average pace is 651s 651s so wow. that, that's solid. I was just going to say on the average pace, Josh, I averaged 6.42 and you only averaged 6. Yeah, but you did 20 miles last week. Don't care. How have you averaged so slow, mate? You need to speed up. Um, anyway, that, let's, um, that's the leaderboard. So the big news this week is we've launched our Patreon account. So anyone doesn't know about Patreon, it's a, a little app, a website that you can... You can download on your phone and you can you can access podcasts. Um, so, yeah, basically, if you want to support the show and help us come even better, then there's free tiers to choose from on, on Patreon. But before I go into each of the tiers, um, the one thing to, to actually just make clear is this show will still be free if you want to listen to it for free. We'll still be pushing out for free on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I think we'll continue to push out on Monday, Tuesday on, on those channels. Um, but to help support and pay for some of the few additional costs and plenty of hours that go into producing this content each week, even though it might not seem like we, we do put the time in, um, 
it does take up a, a few hours of our week and you know josh could be spending it with um one of his many um fans on instagram but instead he's spending it with us um so hopefully we're worth the price of a coffee each week and if you want the hard sell listen to brady's interview um probably towards the end he he sells it a lot better than i've just done the main tier to support us is just like 10 pounds a month which is the price of a coffee every every week and you'll get early access to our show i'm going to try and push it out every sunday evening after we record the plans to have some extra content as well i've got i'm trying to line up a, like a 30 minute training recap with a different athlete every month and at the moment i've got jake smith penciled in to talk us through his training in november in the lead up to liverpool which i'm not sure if he'll cram into 30 minutes because looking at his week last week he did about 115 miles and about 115 paragraphs of text on strava so that'll be interesting um but yeah if you want to sign up to 10 pounds a month you get all that extra content um, early release and we'll give you a little shout out on the show I'll do my best to find some dirt on you so if you can make yourself publicly available it'll be easy if it will save me spending hours trawling through the internet to find some information on you um, so we've we launched we did a soft launch last week and we've got had a couple of legends sign up to it already so I don't know Matt if you've got your I've given the boys some some briefing if you want to kick us off with with Owen Davies Yes, well, thank you, Mr. Davies. Um, Owen's uh, PBs are 1827, uh, 3829 at Cardiff 10k, which is a great race to do. Uh, 126 for the half and 314 at Newport Marathon, which was uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think, but I think it was Bath half off the top of my head. There we go, Bath, Bath or Bath, Bath half, Bath, Bath half. Um, <clears throat> so interesting fact about Owen uh, races in the Essex Meta Speed Sky and looks a tall fella there we go so he's six foot something our Mr Davis is um, and is def- that just compared to Aaron though because that, that's not so well that, that's, that's my next put- bit he says definitely got the height advantage on Aaron uh, runs for Team Bath loves to ski and enjoys a swift pint so thank yeah. you, Owen Davies, for your yeah. support. Well, uh, he was next to it, and next to a couple of women when he was on his Strava. But yeah, he looked looked pretty tall. Um, did Owen? Anyway, um, next up, Josh, you got the next one. Yeah, so I've got Donald Moran. Um, so he's got PBs sixteen thirty four, thirty three forty seven, seventy four twenty eight, and two thirty six. Uh, is that this year in Cheshire? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. and I'd say that. Um, out of those, what are we saying? I'm going for the best one being the five k, I reckon. Oh, ten k, ten k is pretty swift. Yeah. Off that, ten k. I'm going ten k. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, solid ten k there. Um, so interesting facts for him. Um, we've got, so he runs for Mornington Chasers. Is that is that a club where you just run in the morning? <laughs> I think it's in Absolutely. London. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Uh, Sign up, people. Yeah. He's a mechanical engineer and he is Irish. Um, coaches via Final Surge and has been on Twitter since February 2009. Solid. Matt, when were you first on Twitter? 2019. Oh, <laughs> he's probably still not. Big. I'm on Twitter. 
and uh, he's also the father of two uh, some twins. So thank you for the support. Some twins. Um, yeah, yeah. So Chris Morgan's the next one up. Um, he's got PBs of sixteen forty three, thirty three fifty nine, one fifteen forty eight, and two fourteen nine forty. I'm going to say the the one fifteen there, or the ten k. 10k maybe again um chris is uh from from Clousey's homeland really city of stoke um he's the free time thunder run 24 mile pair champion um he likes to boast about that um he runs he runs a park run called the whammy a lot and he loves a good arm warmer so he did, uh, he did um message me chris did actually say yeah. um Lindor chocolate payments made. So there we go. Top man. So yeah, top man, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Next one, Clousey. Um, so uh, Ian Taylor, uh, PB is 1946, 136 for the half and 357 for the marathon. Uh, interesting fact for Mr. Taylor is runs for Evenwood uh, Roadrunners. Does that mean he runs in the evening, Josh? Yeah. Um, Mountain King Ambassador is that the um, is that the supplement? I don't know. I just Mount, saw it. And that's Mountain Fuel, I think. Um, he can count. Well, that's a great uh, skill to have. Um, well, he so already, his... he's a mathematician, is he? I think he's an accountant. Um, so already better than Josh as an accountant. There you go. And his parent, and is a parent to a lovely little boy and girl, um, and followed by myself. So there we go. Yeah. Followed by Clousey on Instagram. Um, Thank you, Ian. And I'll take the last one because Josh was scared to say a surname. So Joanna Buschultz, I'm going to go for. Double H in the middle. Um, and Joanna, earlier on, I was trying to do some research on you. And interesting fact about Joanna is she's based in, well, she could be based in Dubai now. She, on Strava and her Instagram, she said she's based in Muscat, Oman. And in the process of doing the show, she has accepted my follow on Strava. So can I see timing. can I see her her PBs on Strava? That is the question. Um, while I look for those PBs, she's a level two nutrition coach and CrossFit gymnastics coach. She's got six thousand followers on Instagram. She's beating us all. Maybe maybe she needs to be the, you know. Josh was excited the other day because he's um so he follows a thousand but he's got 2,000 followers. So it was so aesthetically pleasing when I saw it's that. Exciting. It was, I'm just so going to have to um, scroll across to look at these. So these PBs are from Strava, so take these with a pinch of salt maybe. 10K, 42.04, half marathon, 131.23, and the marathon of 3.28.18. Um, that's a solid half marathon, I'd say, off that time. So, so yeah, that's our... Um, Five, well, five of our patrons from last week. There's been a couple more. On future shows, we'll just go through, I think, three each week, one, one each for the boys. So if I've not mentioned this week, um, we'll give you a shout out next week. And and yeah, even with just the, the nine or ten of you signed up so far, it's going to make a, a massive difference. And hopefully we can produce even better content moving forwards. So yeah, thanks all, all our patrons. Um, list of questions. Let's go through a couple of these. Um, I'll start off because this comes in from Joe Bend, who's a guy I coach. And, and Joe wants to know, and same, I think Brady also wants to know this. He might have said it after the interview. Um, 
how do you guys know each other? So I'm going to kick off with how I first, well, what I remember. So first met Josh, I think in, I want to say it was something like Exeter, a track meet, a British league. And Neen Valley Harriers were also there. And I was with Knotts. And Josh had this like massive, long blonde hair, these big earring things in his ears. And he was sat with uh, Sean Beard, who was a local legend. And, and yeah, he said something about that he was wanting to run with some people in the week. And then we, I think we, we um, started running from there pretty much, unless you recall it different, Josh. Yeah, I do remember that occasion. I, I have a feeling, I don't know if I spoke to you, but I definitely saw you at the athletics track a few times, probably before that. But um, yeah, yeah, people in Peter at the time were probably like, who's this guy? Because he's, he's running pretty quick. It's about yeah. 2011, I'd say this is. Yeah, it was a while back. Mm. Yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, then, um, yeah, we've um, been inseparable ever since. And Clousy, I... Um, my first memory of you is probably racing you on the track at, at Stratford and you're always that guy who um, who seemed to know everybody or just be overly nice to everybody. And you almost like, I saw you probably, I've only probably seen you once, but at the next race you're like, all right, pal, how are you? Probably asking about my whole life and how everything's going. But yeah, that's probably where I first remember you. That's probably 2010, 11-ish as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of them, isn't it? I feel like with in the UK running scene, I think everybody knows everybody or it tends to be that way. I mean, I remember the uh, first time I met Josh, um, it looked just like a little lost lamb <laughs> a few years ago. And I just opened up my arm, my big wing, and just brought him in. And uh, like I say, we've been inseparable ever since. Because I was trying to think, Aaron, Aaron uh, said this earlier, I have a feeling, and I'm, this might be wrong, but I think the first time I spoke to you was at Cardiff 10K, 2019, and I mm. would say beforehand, and it was literally like we were best mates, and I was, I was very, uh, the, the word I'd probably use is very gassed that you were talking to me, because I was like, oh shit, he's pretty quick. And, yeah, yeah, nice Josh loves a quick runner. I've yeah. just had a little um, WhatsApp come through from my wife, who's obviously listening somewhere in a different room. Are you going to so, say how you two met now? She said, you first met Josh on Grinder." <laughs> <laughs> Good banter from her. I'll give her that. That's um, strong bounce, yeah. She, we need to get on the show. She's got better bounce than all of us. A lot, I think she's got Eliza, so let's leave them two out of it for now. She is a menace. Right, next question. This comes in from, from Chris Morgan, the aforementioned patron um he said what race are you guys planning in the build-up to your next marathon or are you just pure training um i don't know if you boys got anything penciled in for seville oh yeah yes we are so i'm doing telford before i go to flagstaff and then uh planning on doing houston half marathon um so telford's the 12th of december and then i can't exactly remember the date of houston but it's like the 15th of january something around there and then Seville. Clousy, you got anything penciled in? Well, um, it's my big announcement, actually. So um, I'm going to be doing a little challenge. Go on. It's three weeks, three 10Ks, three sub-30s. 
So where are they going to be at? So there we go. So I've got Wimslow Which on is the when? 27th, the 27. first one. Okay. Then I've got Percy Pudd. Um, the hilly little one, isn't it? Yeah. Is that a Sheffield? Yeah. Yeah. Big prize um, money, that's why Clouds is going. Yeah, there is. I won't be breaking that course record. I think it's like 28 something. Um, and then I've got Talford. Solid. So there we go. And then, uh, and then, I, yeah, I want to do a half in January, potentially Houston, um, if we can get it off work. And then it's Seville. How are you looking to go out to Houston with Josh? Well, I don't know. I might have a bit of a holiday. What in Thanks, Houston? Maybe. Well, no, go Houston for a few days. Stop. Me and Gina can just go for, for a bit. I don't know. No, no. Yeah, you need to get over to the West Coast, don't you? I'll come with you to Portland if you want. There you are. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I haven't planned in my races, Chris, but I would like to do a... I usually like to do a 10K about three, four weeks out from when I'm racing the marathon and then a, a half, sort of six, seven weeks out. So, I'll see what I can pencil in when I get a bit more organised. Um, last question comes in from Richard. I don't have Richard's surname, but I'm called him Richard Packtrack. So, maybe you know him from pack track josh which peterborough triathlon club he said you guys don't seem to take rest days unless you've raced are they really necessary and that's kind of interesting because josh is taking one tomorrow so clarity do you want to talk through rest days importance of them we are, we've, we've compromised actually on that rest day have you yeah we have compromised um but i've punished him with doing a lot less so there we go um yeah, I think they're really important. I think the, 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 the one thing that I always do and I always prescribe is um, taking like rest periods um, throughout the year. So after a hard, tra- hard training block of maybe eight to 12, potentially 16 weeks as a, as a real max, take a down week or take a rest week or, um, and I'll prescribe that two or three times a year. So realistically i'd probably take up to a month of no running completely throughout the year um and then as far as scheduling that in for um a block there may be a few rest days in there um depending on the athlete and depending on what sort of training load they're doing but if you know if there's a day where it needs to be reduced then it'll just be you know a, a very easy sort of four mile or something like that I think that's it. I think it's um, like for me, I'm so used to running high mileage. So I actually recover pretty well. If I, if I just put in a few easy days, like five, six miles for me, it's almost the same as a rest day. Um, I do take the rest, a rest day every now and again. And certainly if I'm coaching people who, who aren't used to doing such high mileage, then they'll have plenty of, of rest days in the week. I mean, looking back, I think when I was sort of, getting into running and I was sort of up to about 80, 75, 80 mile a week, I'd always have Friday as a rest day. If I was doing the old traditional Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday sessions. Um, so, I mean, the way it fits best now with Tuesday, Friday, Sunday would probably be Saturday off, but it's such an opportunity for me to run on Saturdays that I, yeah, I tend to usually just have an easier day on like a, a Monday or a Thursday each week. Um, but I think it's, it, it all depends, doesn't it? And I think, um, you know, the, the people listening, um, don't be afraid to take um, yeah. time off. Don't be afraid to take rest days um, because that's part of training. You know, well, that's, that's when all the all adaptations, your, yeah. 
Exactly. And it's kind of like, I always see it as you're soaking up the training you've done as well. So it is part of training. So don't uh, be afraid if you do want to take a day off or take a couple of days off, then that's absolutely fine. It's all part of the process. You've been reading my training peaks notes, haven't you? I say soak up the training on a rest day. So it's a good man. It's followed my, um, my method. You've been reading my training peaks. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, right. That's the questions. We'll go into the news quickly. Um, cross country kicked off in big style this weekend. Um, it's sort of been going for a couple of weeks, but most of the like regional races happened at the weekend. So um, let's kick off with the British Cross Challenge in Milton Keynes. Josh, you know the winners, don't you? Yeah. So uh, in the men's race, Hugo Milner won that. And in the women's race, Jess Gibbon. So he so, was um, back, from, back from the States a couple of years ago or last year. Um, yeah. Very tall. Could do some big things, I think, this year at Cross Country. Um, but yeah, solid win for Hugo. Um, I saw the Surrey League because um, a couple of people I was coaching ran in it. And I think it's just the men's race. So apologies if I've, I've not got any women's results because I think it's a different, it might be today. Um, but yeah. Andy Maud won that from Dylan Evans and Dan Cliff. Inside the top 20, I think Reese Edwards was eight. Just tempo round because he did a session this today. Uh, interesting. Uh, didn't look like a tempo. He went out very hard and moved backwards. So it's an interesting way to run a tempo. Um, although I'm not going to knock you, Reese, because you're much quicker than I am. Um, and you're much bigger than I am. So probably take me out. Um, there was a couple other leagues. Hampshire League, I think Jack Rowe one um so i wonder if he's going to do liverpool i presume he is so we're all building up towards liverpool at the end of this month so some of these results you know like hugo milner and jack rowe johnny Meller won the manchester league i think they're all gonna maybe target liverpool johnny Meller's not done cross country for a long while um yeah it's good to see him back on cross but yeah hampshire league neath brown won the won the women's and sophie tarver beat Lauren Hayes in the Manchester League so that must have been a pretty swift race so yeah it's interesting to see some of these early season races um, cross country who's targeting the cross and who we might be seeing at Liverpool at the end of the month Um, because I know Jake Smith's racing at Liverpool so hopefully we go into that in our series of him um, next week Clousey I've put some USA results in as a man of the States um you can pick out a couple of those. I tried to pick out anybody who's come in the top 10, really. Um, yeah, so uh, Midwest, uh, there was a um, cross-country race there. Uh, Scott Beatty came third in that one, and Adam Fogg was fourth. Um, these must be young lads. I actually don't Scott know. Beatty's, um, um Scottish, and I think Adam Fogg, we mentioned in the summer, he was back and he won podium. I think he's... Oh, there cross- we go, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if I saw the face, I'd know who they are. Um uh, up in the mountain region, fifteenth uh, was Bala Williams from Lincoln. Um, Good girl from Lincoln. Great, well done, Bala. That's fantastic. Um, northeast uh, cross country sixth was Phoebe Anderson. Um, I'm not sure what club she's running she's for. Hearn Hill. Um, so I don't know. If, I don't know if Phoebe. Fantastic but... stats, Aaron. You've done your homework here. Um, South Central sixth was Katie Ann McDonald. Black Cape and um, So there we go. And the last one, West Regions, uh, second was Charles Hicks. And West, um, West Regionals, the one with uh, 
Oregon, Stanford, Portland. Yeah, so that'll be pretty stacked. I saw our boys got third. Going to make that making the final for an you know another year nationals for another year. Yeah, I mean it's it's a given, isn't it, for University of Portland? Wow. Yeah, they've sort of constant. They beat Oregon. Oregon were fourth. So constantly punching above wow. their above their yeah. status. Um, yeah, that's a quick. Thought we'd give some light to some of the the guys and girls out in the states. Um, there was a couple other races, um, Josh, that I put down for you. I don't know if you saw yeah. Derby 10 Mile. Yeah, Derby 10 Mile. So Ross Millington ran 48.37. And then Frank Baddock was in second in 49.40. I've, no, I've got no women's. I literally just saw the first three men on, on Instagram. So, yeah, not got any results for the, the women's yet. Uh, and then there's the Heat and Harriers 10K. So Callum Johnson won that uh, in 28-26. I saw on his Instagram that was a course record. Uh, and Sonia Samuels was uh, the women's winner there. I've got Sonia around 33-29, so not far off a lifetime PB. There's been a few, wow, few rumours of it being short, so we'll have to see. Um, I think a few Stravas are coming up a, a little bit short, but even if it was 100 metres short, it's still you know, yeah, 28-26 is pretty quick. And yeah. Um, I think that's all the results. I've not seen anything else. Um, it's quite difficult to pull together all the results on a Sunday evening before six o'clock because a lot of a lot of races haven't got their results in yet. But um, if we've missed anything, apologies. And yeah, if we do miss anything, just give us a shout on Instagram and um, we'll give you a shout out next week um, because we'd like to give some, give some limelight to the people, you know, at the front of the races on the elite scene and see if we can get some exposure for them each week. Um, Right. That's probably one of our biggest shows ever because the interview of Brady coming up is is long too. Um, what are you up to next week, Matt? Um, what am I up to? Um, I've got to put my door on my dishwasher and paint that. Paint it? Um, yeah, I've got to paint it, yeah. What? Uh, need is it painting what, again. Is it integrated it, then? It's integrated, mate, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so I've got that to do. Uh, work run a lot um one last uh, good week and then getting into the uh, the 10k races when are you christmas shopping are you starting soon um actually you know what i'm it's really bad but i'm probably just going to do it. i most of it online yeah good yeah i do it i'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a vouchers man to be honest i'll just give people cash because <laughs> i'm i'm the type of person who, who hates buying for the sake of it and you know what? It's actually very good for the environment doing it that way as well. It so. is. Yeah. So there we go. Um, so Gina's just Gina's going to get a pile of cash on Christmas morning, is she? Just getting, just getting <laughs> cash. Josh, what are you up to next week? You staying in London? Yeah, I'm going to stay in London for a few more days. So I'm going to drop into the cottage group on Tuesday evening, do a session with them. Um, and then I've not really got any plans for the rest of the week. You're not going to come back and see like, Oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to come back to Peter after that. So I'm probably going to come back on Tuesday evening. Sounds like a, an OAP's, um, like, meet, meet up, the cottage group. Yeah, it's a good, good, yeah, good yeah. little group, though, isn't it? Yeah, very good, yeah. So uh, jump in with them, try and do a, I think a quicker session, so the 10K session with them, so that'll help. Um, and then back to Peter. So I hope, I'm hoping that you'll uh, jump in with my session on Friday. I'll see. I've seen it. I'll submit you on. Yeah. I don't know if you've got the facilities for it. <laughs> we'll see. Um, 
then Aaron, how are you? What are you up Aaron, to? Aaron, what are you up to anyway? I was going to ask you, but it's you okay. just went on to I it. I know, I'm joking. Um, I've actually got a busy week. A, a busy week for the podcast, actually, because we've got some big interviews lined up. So tomorrow yeah, tomorrow afternoon, I'm speaking to Charlie Perdue, so she'll be on, on next week's show. Um, so, yeah, maybe if this goes out in time, you can fire some questions you want to know from Charlie. Um, then I'm interviewing... Jake Smith, also Monday afternoon. Rose Harvey on Friday for a, a week on Sunday. So, busy sorry man. to interject, uh, um, Aaron, but um, could you ask Jake Smith one thing for me, please? It's yes, been okay. bugging me for some time. Um, when he posts on Strava, can you just ask him what proper SNC means, please? And why he has to post his strength and conditioning on Strava? He's got very please. detailed of late, hasn't he? It's extremely detailed. It's a man with too much time on his hands. He's got 10,000 followers on Strava, though. And also ask him why he speeds up to get his heart rate up the day after a session, please. I saw, I saw you comment that. I will be sure to ask him for you. Um, and yeah, looking after Eliza, because Jen's away in the second half of the week, I think. So. How yeah. is she? Where is she? No, how is she, Eliza? Eliza, well, that's what I was about to say. She's... um. I don't know. I thought by now these kids are meant to sleep through the night. What we, you know, over a year in and she still wakes up for a feed. Has she so... caught the bus on her own yet? No. And Into uh, town? Well, funny enough, when, when she goes to school, the school is um, probably about 400 metres over to my left. Um, and I'm just going to like put her out the front door, say, turn left, just walk straight, you'll get there. That's, that's a good plan, isn't She'll it? She'll find it. Yeah, so I think we're going to have to maybe go back up to some double shots of whiskey this week, just to try and get mm. her to sleep through the night. Um, I know that's the advice that you've given me. So Mix yeah. it with milk. Oh, yeah, like a, yeah. maybe some Baileys or something. Double shot of Baileys with milk. Get her to sleep through the night. That'd be a dream. Um, but yeah, and then I've got to squeeze in 90 miles somehow. But yeah, right, let's go enjoy the rest of our Sunday evenings what's left of it Josh can keep watching the F1 as he's probably been doing throughout um, and listeners you can hear from Brady who's coming up now um, king of running podcast is Brady interesting man so give that a listen and big title us boys will speak next week see you later boys, Cheers, boys. This week's interview is with the king of podcasts, running podcasts, that is, a man who is intr- instrumental in helping us set up Inside Jogging Podcast. His uh, dulcet tones have kept me company through many hours of running, thanks to him hosting the brilliant Inside Running Podcast alongside a couple of other, well, I've written other legends here, we'll call them, we'll call them legends for now, legends of Australian distance running. His running background is equally impressive, boasting PBs of 353 in the 1500, 1409 in the 5000, which is exactly the same as mine so far. Um, 29.34 in the 10K, 66.16 and a half and 2.19 over the full. Brady Frowfall is a well-known and respected face on the Australian running scene. Is that true? Respected? 
Are you respecting? I'm, oh, I'm not sure about that, mate, but uh, yeah, we'll take that. The introduction's good. Keep it going. I'm liking anyway, this. Yeah, well, before I pump your tyres anymore, I thought you'd, <laughs> I'd welcome you to the show. Well, welcome, Brady. How's it going over there in Australia? Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, it's going well over here. It's good to uh, it's Saturday morning, I think Friday night, your time. So this is the first job of the day and looking forward to honoured long time listener of your podcast. And as you said, kind of helped you out a bit behind the scenes to get it started and looking forward to being on the other side of the microphone with you and Josh for the next bit where we talk a bit about running. Yeah, so what it's seven, just gone 7am in Australia. Um, is it, what's the weather like? What's the day looking like? Oh, it's a very British kind of weather at the moment, actually. Dark, cloudy, raining. It's been raining for like the last two days, so um, been getting a bit wet on jogs and things like that, but it's okay. Usually this time of the year, kind of early November, it's like 25, 30 degrees most days where I am, and then it will start to get, you know, 35, 40-ish the next couple of months. So coming into a few hot months, which is good because, um, yeah, just out of our couple of months of winter. So it's a good time to be exercising, good time to be running, and, yeah, we're starting to – bit different than you guys over there in the UK. We're just starting to go back to a bit of normality now. So obviously COVID, um, interesting situation in Australia because we kind of had the situation under control early. We really chased that kind of COVID zero situation and had a few like, so, sorry, some small, some big lockdowns, depending on where you were in Australia to get it to zero. And then um, we've kind of, our, our Prime Minister, I think what pretty much happened, forgot to order enough vaccines so then um, when we kind of opened back up and no one was vaccinated and then the Delta strain hit, we kind of went back into lockdowns and back to kind of the, the bottom of the, the COVID pile in a way and a bit backwards. And now we're finally all vaccinated and coming out of the lockdowns now and races are starting to return. And yeah, been watching in, I guess, envy at what you guys have been doing overseas with your races and the London Marathon. I think Josh has probably raced more times in the last month and um you know we've raced in the in the last year kind of thing so looking forward to things return to normality over here and getting back into some races yeah hopefully it does return to normal soon because i've listened to your show and it's um it always amazes me how you always keep going back to these lockdowns whereas over here we've probably still got twenty thousand cases a day or something i don't i don't even know what the number is anymore but we've sort of yeah given up on it i think a bit we, well, i mean most of us are vaccinated but no, sorry no, mate I, it's not even tracks anymore I, I well it is obviously at some point but it's not sort of on the news you don't see it on the news but well, i don't see it ever on the news now yeah there's a few people wearing face masks in supermarkets and stuff but it's not it's not the sort of yeah anywhere near it was so yeah hopefully get back to some normality um but yeah what i was going to kick off the show about there's plenty to talk about this evening but um before we dive into the detail um i want to ask you the big question that all your listeners want to know who's your favorite bradley croker Julius Spence. <laughs> which one? Oh, they're both my favorite can i say that it's like picking <laughs> your favorite kids. child if you've yeah. got kids now they're my favorite for different reasons both those guys so i um i knew moose, moose julian spence a long time before i knew brad and we used to run together at geelong cross country down in um the victorian kind of season over here and yeah, didn't really have much to do with him, but he was kind of on the same team that I ran for and one of the faces I knew and a good bloke. And I remember when I first started my podcast before Inside Running, he was like guest number three or four. And just um, it's been good to kind of see him grow as an athlete and as a business owner, as a person and 
yeah, what he's kind of gone on to do is probably one of the most recognisable names and faces and, and runners in Australia now with the kind of support. And he's, he's probably the, the crowd favourite, I think, in a way. Well, we probably love him or hate him, I think the listeners do, depending on what he said on the previous episode. But, yeah, he's very unique in the way he operates and a good bloke. And then Croak's, Croak's on probably more similar personality type too. He's a bit older than me, maybe like a bit of a father figure to me. And then, um, yeah, he's, he's good as well and so articulate and they're good guys to host a podcast with because I think we're three different personalities and we bounce off each other so well and, yeah, different strengths and weaknesses for uh, all three of us. So good fun, but definitely no answer there, one better than the other. Yeah, it definitely comes across that way. There is a good mix. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts on, on Julian? Have you got anything to say about that? Yeah, I'm going to uh, the level hate. So uh, <laughs> I haven't listened to a few episodes. I've had a bit of a problem with my watch getting your uh, downloads, but probably a couple months back, I seem to be getting a lot of abuse from Julian. And uh, I think, was it one episode where he said that I would be probably more uh, appropriate race than Ellie? But does he realise my PB is about three minutes quicker than his <laughs> open heart? <laughs> his no. half PB is very weak, but he's got a strong 15K that he'll be happy to remind everyone about. <laughs> He reckons he's never never done. It. I think his official half PB is through through uh, the marathon when he ran his two fourteen. So, That's yeah, he'll remind you about that. But yeah, he's good at he's good at throwing banter out in all directions. And as oftentimes on our show, with you guys as well, like we record. And although you do have the safety net of it being recorded and you can edit stuff out, it's very rare that we do. And it feels like you're actually recording a live episode. And like he can sometimes bring some stuff to that show that really makes you like put you on your toes and you're not sure what you're going to answer and kind of throws you under the bus in ways and yeah often keeps things interesting which is probably probably why we've been um kind of successful in that that area and why we've been going for over 200 episodes because it mixes things up and it's pretty authentic and um it really is like our shows like what you want to experience on a on a long run it's just three guys talking about running talking about training talking about what's happened in the week you know running news previously things that interest us um so hopefully you know our listeners get that kind of fly on a wall kind of experience where you are listening to a kind of authentic conversation like by runners for runners in a way so yeah he's a good fella yeah that's why we copied the format exactly um Oh, but it should be. And on that note, like it's, I wish there was a, you know, there obviously is a UK version now or a New Zealand version or a, you know, a US kind of version because like we didn't really, like we picked and picked apart a few different running podcasts and then kind of, um, you know, put ours kind of together. But we definitely didn't invent running podcasts, but we kind of just put our own spin on it. And that's, I remember talking to you, Aaron, after I interviewed you, like we had people writing in after the Olympics saying, they know more about Australian distance running than they do, you know, UK distance runners. And they love following people like Stewie and Jess Harlan, and Lyndon Hall at the Olympics and Sinead and Ali and Brett and those kind of guys, because they knew their stories and stuff. And it's a bit of a no brainer that, you know, if every, you know, not every country, but if people are passionate about distance running and set up something similar for their own country. Um, yeah. It's not rocket science. And it just gives the listeners who are interested in distance running more of an insight into some of these kind of elite runners that do go and represent their countries at these major championships. Yeah. Um, you've actually, I think you've covered most of my questions for, for <laughs> but we'll, we'll still go into them. Um, my favorite actually moose dig was, was actually on Josh's IQ level um, that hurt him bad. He's never, mm. he's never stopped talking about that. Even Weren't you trying to organise an IQ test, Josh, just yeah. to prove that it wasn't true? <laughs> Honestly, if you if you knew Matt, it's, it's not in question. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll skip over that one. But um, let's go into some running then, because you're more than more than the man behind the podcast. Um, PBs, as I said, remarkably similar to mine, and I think we discussed that when we chatted on your mm. show. Um, so, from your list of PBs, what's your standout? What's your standout PB? And is there any any stories you remember from from any of those races? Oh, it's probably the the 5K, the 14.09. Like I remember um, a week, bit, Moose was writing my program at the time and we just had our first son, Hudson, probably uh, two months maybe before that race. And I was running, I thought I was running pretty well. I remember I had some iron issues before that and had an, had an iron infusion a couple of months before that 5K race. But the week before I, um, I went to Melbourne and I did a 3K and I remember I was like full of confidence, feeling good, knew my iron was sorted out. Knew my train had gone well. I was secretly thinking I could probably break Brad Croker, my co-host, um, his PB, which I think was like 8.12 or 8.13. I'd kind of ran 8.20 in the past. Drove down to Melbourne, which is about a three-hour drive. I was in the um, the A race, like the Victorian kind of uh, Vic Miles club, we call it down here. It's going to be a good field with some good guys and kind of, yeah, went down with solid kind of consistent expectations about what I thought I could run and then just had an absolute shocker. I ran um eight forty eight, came yeah. second last. I remember um, that one. Yeah, oh, that, race was like nine. Like yeah, race was like nine pm at night. Like I'm getting home at midnight. I'm just like driving home solo. Just like what the hell just happened? Like, and then because you do put yourself out there every week on a weekly running podcast, it's like you know you've got to go on the podcast the next week and explain what happened. And I honestly didn't know. I'm just like I felt. I remember going through the first lap being like, oh, this feels like 63, 64. And the person yelled out like 70. And I was like, I felt like I was sprinting and at full gas. And it's just one of those ones that, um, yeah, I don't, can't explain it. Shocking day, shocking race. Um, the boys gave me plenty of shit for it. And just, yeah, I just felt like, oh, no, this isn't good. But then the week after that, I had the Victorian 5K Championships which this 3K, which is meant to be like a solid hit out beforehand, get a, get a good race on the board, go into that race with confidence. Um, and I really like, I'm like, I really want to do this again. Do I really want to sit in the car for three hours to go down and do another race? You know, maybe I'm, I'm probably not going to break 15 minutes going by that 3K performance the week before. And then I just, um, yeah, got in the car, did it, just got on the start line, picked out a few guys that um, were in the same race from the week before that beat me. And I'm like, nah, I just want to stay with these guys, not going to worry about the time and just, just just race them, I suppose. And that day I, um, yeah, went through, I think, 3K in 8.36 or 8.38, felt like I was like jogging and then, yeah, came home super strong. I think like the last 800 was something like 206, 207 and ran like 14.09 and I just couldn't believe it it was like a pinch me moment and like a bit of a like just a page turner like I felt like a lot of people probably thought I was doing something wrong the week before or maybe something upstairs in my head like mentally I couldn't race and execute properly and then all of a sudden you know 14 minutes and nine seconds later I kind of put that that to rest and yeah had a solid 5k pb next to my name and and I'd, I'd ran 14 19 before that but it was like six or five years before like I thought my 14 19 would probably be my pb for life and um, something I'd never get back to and then it was good to good to finish that off I think I came like fifth or sixth like you know finished with some solid performers and yeah it was just one of those ones you know you get back to your phone after you've cooled down and there's just heaps of messages and you're like like whereas the week before I had like no messages it's just like everyone's like oh trying to distance me themselves to me they're like this is something embarrassing's happened here 
and then like yeah never upload on Strava and like heaps of listeners just commenting and things like that so it's like I think that one's probably my most significant PB just because it felt like it come at a time when um, that performance probably shouldn't have been there and since then like then I remember a few weeks later went down and ran that the 10k in 2934 and then won a half marathon down in Tasmania and I was kind of riding that um, you know, high of confidence after that performance. It was like the first of many good performances. And then bloody COVID pandemic hit and I haven't raced for about two years. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was a good a good time in my life to get that performance out. And I think it's like 14.09, it's, I get maybe with the park run crowd as well, like it, it's a good PB to be able to tell people like 66 doesn't mean much, 29, 34 is okay. But then my marathon's pretty ordinary and that's why yours is, What's yours? 217. Both of you 217 boys? 216. 216, yeah. So my 219, it's 219.53 as well. So um it doesn't stack up at all. So I've got to do some work over that one. But um I feel the 1409's a decent one on paper. Josh will like that. You've given given us the same PB. He's 2759. <laughs> um, but aren't you 216? Are you 216 high? Yeah, but we don't talk about that. Um, yeah, no. Nah. No uh, seconds matter. <laughs> yeah, I think as you said, so both those were end of 2019 mm. and you had your first child Hudson in early was it early October September, uh, September. yeah so doing that what yeah a couple of months after he was born mm. I, I mean from my experience I mean I think I've, I've barely raced in the year since Elias has been born so it's been a bit of a yeah bit of a blur but yeah how did you do it did, were you sleeping well were you was it broken yeah I think those first couple of months, like as the dad, are probably more, like the first maybe eight weeks are probably easier than the next 20 weeks. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, my wife's obviously breastfeeding. Um, I was I was still working. So there was a lot of nights where I was just in the spare bed just because I needed to get a decent night's sleep because I had to go to work the next day. Um, I'm a school teacher, so I finish at 3.30. So then I could kind of come home at 3.30 and kind of, you know, tag my wife and say, look, I'll chuck him in the pram or we'll do something and kind of give her a bit of a, a break there. So for me to have sleep, um, it meant I could be more helpful around the house and it meant, meant I could kind of operate at work as well. So um, the sleep kind of, yeah, I was, as I said, it was, yeah, she was doing all the hard work with the, you know, that's when the bassinet's still next to the bed and things like that. We're about to have our second child in a couple of months. So we're just kind of getting all the bassinet and stuff uh, ready to go again. It's going to be interesting to go back to to that stuff. But, and then, yeah, they were kind of all in that window of when he was very, well, very dependent on her and there wasn't much I could do. But then I probably found that next, as I said, kind of like 20 weeks when he was, yeah, kind of in his own cot and stuff and trying to, yeah, off off the breastfeeding and things like that more I had more of a role to play and that was probably harder on my running then yeah I mean I, I find it funny listening to to Moose on your show now talking about his parenting techniques and mm-hmm. it does make me make me laugh every single week because he has a a very different especially before he, he had his had his child he was um very dismissive of his roles he was like he was never going to do a nappy he bought his snoo, didn't he? And he um, yeah. He's got his got his tracking on his on all her sleep patterns. So um, yeah, I I did, I did actually take a lot from from you and um, Bradley talking about your you know what you've been doing to parenting around running because it's something that yeah I mean none of us know how to to be a parent. We sort of just roll mm. with it. But then when you throw in trying to 
perform and be an athlete at the same time it's it's something else altogether so um yes some good tips if people want to go back and listen to to you and um you and Bradley talking about all the weights you've been doing picking up your child numerous times a day and how it could hurt your back and yeah yeah it's just so and as you said like there's no manual to follow like you just got to figure it out and everyone's situation's different like you you know I listen to you talking about you know your wife getting up at 3 30 or 4 a.m to like go and the boys are getting into you like why can't you get up earlier and go for a run kind of thing it's like no no like it's just not possible and like that 4 p.m to 6 p.m at our house is a very hectic time and yeah, so sometimes I'll get Take yeah, I'll sometimes times get out of work at three thirty and be like, I've got a thirty-five minute window, and then I have to be home. And then, yeah, it's a it's a very um, delicate balance. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you can fit the running in. I've noticed now, like if I don't get the main stuff done in the morning, like it's just this is not going to happen. Like if I can get out for that second run, that thirty-five minutes, thirty-minute jog, that's sometimes easy to pull off. But there's no way I'm doing workouts in the afternoon at the moment or. Um, and even like getting in the car, to, like our local tracks are about a 60 minute drive away. So it's very rare that I get over there just because I can't afford to lose two hours in the car to do a workout on a track. And yeah, it's a, you got to have a supportive partner and, um, you know, understand each other's goals and things like that. And yeah, that's, it's funny that back thing as well, because our son now, like two, like I pick him up and it's, it's no dramas. Maybe my arms have got bigger or something, <laughs> but I remember early days, like he probably would have only weighed two or three kilos, but it felt like I was always having sore shoulders or short, sore back. And um, yeah, but you just adjust to it. And, and it's interesting how it's, you know, formed us on the podcast as well. I think um, we had Jessica Stenson on a couple of weeks ago and like, the other two boys interviewed her and she's, she's a mum now and she just ran 225 and you could tell the level of questioning they were asking her, they wouldn't have been able to do that unless they had children of their own. So, um, you know, it's changed the way we kind of do our interviews and the content we talk about. I often think about like if there's 18 year old kids who listen to our podcast now, they must get super bored because we talk about all these dad issues and yeah. like, yeah, yeah, snooze and, changing nappies and things like that. Whereas, um, you know, when we started, we were all, I think Brad was like, yeah, Moose and I weren't even married. Like we had no kids between us. And um, yeah, now we've got nearly, what, six, five kids between us nearly. And we've all been married. And yeah, it's been, sometimes that's scary to think that people have listened to all that stuff. And you're like, yeah, what do you know about me that I've just kind of incidentally said over 200 episodes, but I guess that's part of being on a podcast. Yeah, so there's hope for you yet, Josh. <laughs> but, you know, a few years in, you and Clarity having kids, can't wait. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, should we go into That's Melbourne? Pretty, yeah, when when is uh, your next baby due? Uh, December 30th, Josh, so um, a very busy time. So, yeah, my wife's just gone, I think, 34 weeks pregnant. So, um, and there's not much of her. She's, um, yeah, she probably weighs, I don't know. 45 kilos and it's pretty short kind of thing so the baby is is there you kind of see it we're sticking its legs into her stomach and things like that so it's been pretty cool to sit down and uh feel that kind of you know every night kind of sit down and watch some tv and the baby be kicking away and she's a school teacher as well so she's working um two days a week so she's yeah got a couple weeks left at school before she'll go on maternity leave and then yeah, it's going to, like, obviously so close to Christmas. And my birthday is um, the 29th of December. And obviously you've got New Year's and stuff in there as well. So that that week from Christmas through to New Year's is going to be very hectic. And hopefully, um, you know, I'll run a marathon two weeks before that at Melbourne Marathon. So 
yeah, we're kind of just it's a bit of like calm before the storm around here at the moment because there's we're getting ready for a very busy period coming up in a few weeks' time. That's fine. That, that's literally what I was sort of going to allude to. So you're going to get the uh, marathon in before uh, the baby's born, hopefully. So how's the yeah. how's the build up gone for that sort of with the pregnancy and stuff? Have you managed to be sort of getting out and doing all your sessions? Yeah, it's been, um, I think, the second time around. Like, it's probably more that, like, yeah, my wife's pregnant, but she's, we've also got a two-year-old to look after this time. So it's like, it's that's a extra tiring. Like, the first time she was pregnant, we didn't have to worry about looking after a two-year-old. So that's been a kind of extra stress that we've had to manage. Um, this marathon, for me, like, it's, as I said before, I haven't had the opportunity. I was meant to do Rotterdam at the start of, two, or in April 2019, no, 2020, just before the pandemic kind of hit so I kind of I think I was two weeks out I'd kind of done most of my big big workouts and big weeks and um when that got cancelled that was kind of not a it was kind of frustrating more than anything just because we put the work in and you wanted to kind of have the opportunity to race but um and then when Melbourne was meant to originally happen in October and then um the government kind of put well they probably yeah said it's not going to happen in October so they put it back to December and then for me it was like well yeah, it's it's pretty much you do Melbourne or you don't do a marathon until, oh, I don't know. Like we just don't have – I get so jealous of you guys, like the access you guys have to marathons. Like we've got Melbourne. Melbourne is kind of like – it can get windy. Like it's along the, the port of like Port Melbourne. So you've kind of got probably a 20K stretch like right next to the ocean. So if there's any wind, you're just going to get slammed by it. Um, so it's traditionally not the fastest course. Like there's a lot of – there's a lot of okay runners who have done it that haven't ran that quick there um, compared to what they run overseas. We've got Sydney, which is hilly. And then we have Gold Coast, which is in the middle of um, middle of our winter, but kind of can get hot up in the Gold Coast if you're coming from the part of Australia where we live. So that's why in the past, like people have gone to Berlin or Lake Biwa in Japan and things like that. So, and that's not obviously an option because we, I think we can just start to travel now, but I wasn't going to go overseas with, um, you know, obviously a new baby coming. So yeah, Melbourne was pretty much you do it or you don't do one for a while. So that made that decision pretty easier and the preparation's gone well. I've just kind of, I've written my own program this time from um, from things that I've done with Moose in the past and things I've learned and podcasts I've listened to and things like that kind of built my own one, which is very similar to the one that Moose had me doing for Rotterdam. Um, and yeah, obviously just want to, like, like I'm pretty... Like I'm not great at marathons. Like I've ran six and five of them I've pretty much been cooked at 35K and kind of had to survive that last 7K. So um I just wanna I just want to run a strong one. Like you know that feeling you get when you're 80% through a race and you've still got some fight left in you. I just wanna just wanna feel that. Whereas majority of the time when I run a marathon, it's like, okay, you've you're bonking here or you can't feel your, you know, your legs are wobbling every step and you've just got to go into survival mode and you just start losing time at that stage. And it's not a good, not a fun way to race at all. Like it's just, yeah, it's a terrible one. So um, yeah, hopefully come Melbourne, I've done a lot of like trying to do some stronger stuff, like just do big workouts where I'm working at the end of long runs and things like that to kind of prepare myself for that last five or six K. Big question is then, what are you aiming for at halfway and what's the sort of aim overall? Yeah, I think uh, I was thinking, I think I'm in like 218 shape on a perfect day. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hard to know, isn't it? And we had a long discussion on our podcast uh, last episode, like what is marathon pace? Like, 
you do these workouts that kind of might give you an indication of what marathon pace is, or you can kind of put your recent 10K times or half marathon times into those calculators and kind of get a mathematical equation of what your marathon pace is. But until you get that 42K done on a, on the race day, you really don't know what your marathon pace is. So I'm saying like 218 on a perfect day, flat course, got a pack around me, um, don't miss any drinks, everything goes smooth for the last couple of weeks, the preparation maybe. But in saying that, like we could have, it could be 25 degrees on the start line at Melbourne and like 30K wins kind of thing, or it could be, you know, 10 degrees and no wins. So, um, yeah, I don't like, I'm saying that 218, but it's not really a goal. Like the goal is to just run it strongly. And I think there's probably going to be, like with, at the moment, there's Brett Robinson um, who went to the Olympics, Andy Buchanan who's ran 62 minutes, and Tom DeCano who's ran 62 minutes. Like they're probably the three superstars who are going to be in the lead pack. But then there's the next pack's probably a whole lot of guys who have run, you know, anywhere from from my kind of like 219 high to 222, 223, 224 guys who are probably capable of 219. So um, I think what will happen is I'll slot myself in that second pack and maybe turn the splits off if it's a bad weather day and just try to race and beat as many people as possible and understand that I want to be strong in that back half. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you've definitely got 218 or below in you. Um, I found it interesting. I listened back to just before Croaks ran his PB and he'd been doing all his, all of his build up and he'd been sort of running 216 kind of pace for his whole build up. And then he came on the show like the week before and was like, yeah, I'm just going to go through in 70 minutes, 220. And you boys obviously ripped into him like, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I suppose you just got to see what, what training indicates in that last, you know, three weeks out, you can sort of get a good idea, I think. So, um, yeah, I'll keep an eye on your sessions. And um, I think you've given a bit too much credit to Clousy for inventing this mile on mile off session, which uh-huh. <laughs> is pretty standard. So he, he's, um, He's just about to put his invoice in, he told me. So, um, yeah. Yeah, well, I got a message from Gina, his wife, saying, like, does she do all the invoicing for her, for him? Is that what happens? Is she his coach? Is that what happens? She's in in control, yeah. Anyway, I told just add my invoice on the bottom of Josh's. So, uh, Josh, you're happy to pay for both of us, which would be good. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely needs to pay him. Um, (laughs) You're not going to attack Julian's 214 then? Although... The 214, late B you are, must be short, surely. Nick Earl's done 214. Yeah. But you know that same day. So this is that that run makes those two runs make everyone look bad. Because I was there that same day and ran 221. I think I was the, I think there was about seven Australians there that day. And I think I came in third Australian. Um Tom DeCanto, was that that year? Yeah. I he, should get this right. He passed Tom DeCanto, they passed Tom, him. Tom, yeah. Tom DeCano didn't finish that day, so I don't think. I reckon – so he was a DNF, so that's a quality guy that they finished in front of. Reese Edwards, um, you guys would know Reese over in the UK oh, now. He just ran like, yeah, 2.13, 2.14. I think I – I reckon I went past Reese. I reckon he ran something like 2.22, something that day as well. Um, Brad Milosevic, who has won Melbourne Marathon in the past, yeah. who's like a 2.16, guy, he was behind me that day as well. Um and then maybe that was it. Maybe there were six of us, but something like, maybe I'm missing one other person, but those two guys, like it was wet and windy at Lake Beeway, like just rain the whole time. One of those ones where you're drenched on the start line. And then, yeah, like 
yeah, they give the boys sometimes give me shit because I ran 221 that day. But I'm like, hang on, I've beaten kind of some quality guys behind me. And those two runs just made everyone else look bad. So definitely, definitely not short. Otherwise, my run is even <laughs> even worse. Yeah, but, I, forgot, um, I forgot you ran that day, to be honest. So yeah, yeah I did run that day. But um, yeah, like they beat some quality Japanese guys. They beat some quality Australians there that day. Like conditions weren't ideal. But Moose has just done that, hasn't he? Like he, I remember when he ran 218 at Berlin. We were like, that's the best run ever. Like it was a qualifying time for the um, Com Games. Because I don't think, I think his PB before that was like 224. So he went like 218, 216, 214, and then went to the world champs, um, which is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Just makes, and he makes it look easy. Like he just, just, just runs even pace the whole way and gets quicker the last five or six K. So, um, yeah, he's pretty pretty solid the way he does that. So, um, let's let's rewind a bit. Early days of early days of Brady. How did you um? How did you get into the sport? Has it been something you've done since you were a kid, or is it something you took up in in later life? I don't think I've heard the the backstory on the pod maybe i've not gone deep enough into the episodes uh probably not i um i don't really talk like i try to be that host role as well like my job is to get moose and croaks to talk and like generate the conversation move move between segments i don't really and i always get nervous when it's my turn to like recap my week like i just don't like i just don't like talking about myself that much but um yeah, I started when I was like 15, 16. Like I was, um, yeah, never did little acts or anything like that. Just tried to play like the team sports over here, like Australian rules, footy and tennis and cricket and um, just jumped in a bit of everything. Wasn't amazing at any of it, but kind of enjoyed the team kind of component of all of them. And then I just never grew. Like I was just the smallest kid at school and uh, took a while to hit puberty and stuff like that, kind of, yeah, really small and which made me not too powerful or good at any of those kind of team sports. So kind of dropped out of that at like 15 and then started skateboarding for a while. So I was like one of those ratty kids that goes down the skate park. Um, I don't think they're ratty anymore though. Like I've seen like the video Sinead Diver puts up of her kid at the skate park and like they're all like maybe a bit higher, higher socioeconomic at the moment. But back when I went to the skate park when I was a kid, it was like, yeah, not the crowd you wanted to hang around. Um, you know, what a like underage drinking, my, smoking, all that stuff. My, one of my favorite stories from um your sort of spin-off podcast is when um I think I think it's Joel or Ellie tells a story about um Sinead's kids set so yeah. around the skate park and she says something about, oh, you know, did you say that your mum's an Olympian for for running? And they're like, No. You know, <laughs> Running sucks, basically. Why would I? Why would I say that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because one of the kids who went to the Olympics for Australia at skateboarding, I think, was at the skate park. So oh, Sinead's okay. like, yeah. Sinead was like, "Hey, tell them your mum's going to the Olympics as well. We're pretty much teammates." And the kids like, "No way, mum. We're not yeah. mentioning that at all." So um, yeah, so I was that kid at the skate park, and pretty like good at me at the time to realise that probably not the crowd you want to be hanging around when you're like 15, 16. Um, my dad was an umpire for like AFL football over here. So like an official. Um, and then he kind of said to me, you can come down and do like the, he was what we call like a central umpire. So the main umpire in the middle of the pitch, but then we have like boundary umpires, like probably what you guys have got like linesmen for like football. So yeah, like pretty much you run up and down when the ball goes out of bounds, you throw it back in over your head. It's kind of, um, yeah, an interesting, interesting looking thing. And where would you be? You chalk the K's up. So he pretty much, yeah, got paid to do that. I was like, this is good, easy way to make some money. Um, pretty much the better 
the quality of game, the more you got paid. And the way you got to umpire the better quality of game was um, the faster you could run. So we'd have like umpires training on a Tuesday and Thursday. And then I kind of figured out the system that if I could run quicker, I'd get to do the, the better games and the better games I um, could do, the more I'd get paid. So I started like doing a bit of extra training and then I'd, yeah, get to do the good games. And yeah, it was um, a good way to kind of get introduced to running. I didn't really, you know, think I was training for running at the time. It was more the umpires training, but then, when that would finish in winter, I'd start doing a bit of um, cross or well, kind of like the distant stuff, like the cross country and the track, the three Ks and the 1500s and wasn't really good at it. Like my first, I think my first three K was something like 1030. And my first 1500, I remember was, uh, was 440. That was my debut 1500. So not a lot of like natural talent there, but then I just stuck at it and um, I continued to do umpiring for one more year, but like, it's probably similar over your way, like officials get like abused and stuff by the crowd. Is that pretty common in the UK? By, by me, usually, yeah. By you, yeah. yeah. So you're the, yeah. you're the people that are, yeah, you know, affected a young kid to go, I don't want to do this anymore because why am I running up and down here getting abused by yeah. some random I'll, guy I'll in the crowd? If it was a young kid, I wouldn't, like in a local thing, I wouldn't abuse them. But I like I went to watch my team Ipswich the other week and um, – I don't know the standard of of refereeing. You know your umpires in in the football league that my team are in is abysmal. And it, some I I don't <laughs> I'm not well. I Josh Joshua argued I am naturally angry, but um yeah I don't often yeah get really irate at things in a in a verbal way. Um, but unless oh, yeah, are you sure? I listen to the podcast every week. You go off at Josh every every, every yeah, Tuesday. I'm at Josh, but um, but yeah, it's yeah. Referees, uh, I think it's just my years of playing football. Um, the the problem with our football over here, it's like open season to abuse the referee. Um, and I do, yeah, I feel sorry. You go see some of the kids' games, and they've got 16, 17 year olds refereeing, and you've got mm. grown dads on the side giving them everything. You're like yeah that's that's not on but yeah anyway yeah it's it's not a good culture and like and like my role like i didn't really there was nothing to really abuse me for because my job was pretty easy like ball goes out you blow your whistle you throw it back in but like when you walk on and off the field at like the break times and the end of the game you walk off all together so you'd have to walk next to like the central umpires and they'd just be getting like abused thrown at them. And then sometimes you just have some like smart asses over the fence when, cause you got nowhere to run. Like you got to stick to the fence on the, the boundary job. So you just always run past people who would occasionally just uh, give you a hard time. But then when I'd compare that with athletics, I'm like, I'm putting in the same effort of running here. One of them, you have people like, you know, cheering you on and clapping their hands and you might win a local race. So then the local newspaper wants to talk to you or you might win a bit of prize money. And then I'd put in the same effort, like doing this um, referee. And then I'm like, I'm getting, you know, you might get something thrown at you or get called a name. And you're like, this is this, I've worked this out pretty quick. One of them's a lot more enjoyable than the other. So um, yeah, gave that away and then just pretty much stuck to, stuck to running. And it probably took until, yeah, I probably didn't run decent until I was like 20 um, like start putting some okay times on the board and then just slowly, you know what it's like with the consistency, you go from running like 33 minutes to 32, 30 to 30 to, you know, one day, you know, trying to get into those like Zatapak, that's like our main 10K race over here, kind of just got into got into that a few times and then, yeah, just jumped in different distances and just chipped away slowly. But 
yeah, I remember you doing like under 20 races and running 16.30 and, and getting lapped by guys running 14.30. And it's been interesting to watch. Like it was a interesting time to come into the sport because you had all those naturally gifted kids who probably didn't have to do that much training. And then everyone caught up to them. So like guys that would beat me when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, like rather don't run anymore or um, they just, oh, I smash them pretty much. It's good. It's kind of good to have the the last laugh on a few guys just because you've been consistent over the years. Similar to Josh, isn't it? I was really? going to say, that's really, yeah. yeah, that's really common here. I've, been, I've spent probably 10 years getting drops in every session I've done. And then you sort of actually, people as training gets sort of more and harder and people sort of just drop out or they come mm. bother. So, yeah, it's, yeah. So it is a good thing about our sport that you can do that too. Like it, yeah. your hard work kind of re- and the consistency really does get rewarded, and like the performances show in the end. And that's like the, you know, the perfect thing with the Olympians, I suppose, is the kids who do put the hard work in, who do have that natural talent. Like a lot of our good runners over here were pretty good as juniors. Um, probably Stewie. Yeah, I know you saw him at the Great North Run. Josh, like he he wasn't amazing as a junior. Like he was good, but he wasn't like, yeah, he was getting beaten by, you know, a few guys at kind of the national and state level kind of thing. But he's just a guy who's put in hard work for five or six years and, and made himself pretty good. Yeah, because um that goes, I suppose, nicely into your your coaching. Cause I I tell a lot of people, you know, when I'm coaching a similar, a similar thing, because you get plenty of people come to you and they've got a goal of I don't know, sub three hours for the marathon, but they're in their mid twenties, they've done 10 miles a week and they've, they mm. can knock out a sub three. You're like, forget about sub three. You can go much, much quicker. Like you just tell the story at like, even using like Josh for an example, I give Josh plenty of stick, but when I first moved to where we live now, Josh used to do a few sessions with me. If I was doing miles, Josh would do 800s maybe and jump in and out and was running what 34 minutes for 10k maybe slower yeah I, I remember like 16 10 sort of yeah. and now i couldn't keep Jeez. i could, couldn't keep with him if i tried in a big track now he's the fastest on the show yeah, well, self-proclaimed yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah um so so coaching wise you've you've moved into coaching run to run to pb isn't it the, the coaching yep, that's correct yep so yeah what's your what's your how do you try and inspire the the next lot through? Do you just preach to them consistency? Yeah, consistency is important, but I think more important than consistency is um, like the enjoyment factor. Like you've got to you got to have goals that are things you really want to achieve, and you've got to enjoy what you're doing. So that's like you know me us three could sit here today and we could write the perfect program for someone to break three hours. But if it's training that the individual is not going to enjoy or the training's on the wrong day of the week for that individual's like um, lifestyle, like for example, I've got, got a lady who's in the, uh, in the fire department, like she's a firefighter and she works 24 hours on, 24 hours off, 24 hours on, and then has five days completely off. Um, and those 24 hours can be pretty full on or they can be pretty, pretty easy if there's no kind of like fires to do. But her, her weekly structure isn't a thing because she works on an eight-day day cycle and it's kind of all over the place. So for her, the program's going to look a whole lot different than someone who, um, you know, has an office job Monday to Friday and can kind of fit in their training a bit more easier. So I think, like, and I often say to our coaches that runs PB, it's about understanding the individual. Like that's how 50% of our job is writing the program, but the other 50% is understanding 
who is the person, what's their job, what's their family life like, what other stresses do they have in their life, um, what training do they like doing? Like if they hate doing speed work, like I'm, we're not going to set them 200s and 400s. If they don't have access to a track, well, I don't really want people doing, um, you know, shorter kind of that top end fast stuff on the side of the road if it kind of gets a bit dangerous, if there's cars coming towards them or there's people walking on bike paths or whatever it is. So um, having those conversations with the athlete and being like, what do you enjoy doing? What days of the week do you like working out? Like we don't want to be causing extra stress to, because a lot of our clients are busy people. Like they all work, they all, most of them got families, um, probably a couple of exemptions like with some of the kids, like I've got Archie up here and um, who's ran 29.20, who's a guy who's just trying to just trying to get him to understand why he does everything as well. And there's another guy, Nathan, who will run uh, Melbourne in a couple of weeks as well, who's probably in that sub 220 shape for his kind of debut, who's just like naturally talented. And these are guys that have, yeah, always been doing stuff, but probably been doing the wrong stuff. So trying to teach them, you know, recovery days, easy days are easy, like things like that, like trying to get that into their head and trying to, yeah, understand that you don't need to nail every workout, but we need to consistently put weeks together. And why do we do strides or why do we do the hill strides at the end of workouts and little at the end of jog sometimes. And yeah, little things like that. But my main pillar of, um, you know, my coaching philosophy is like enjoyment and you got to have belief in whoever's writing your program, you believe in the stuff they're setting for you. And then I think the rest of it comes under that when you, when you have those two things sorted. Um, yeah. Cause you don't want to set stuff that people don't want to do. And yeah, there's no, there's no cookie cutter kind of approach. Like, and I get annoyed with um, like, while we kind of started run to PB was, because there was, you'd look at like these Instagram influencers giving out advice to people about how to do fun runs and marathons and stuff. And I'm sitting there going, I've got 10 mates who know way more than these bloody Instagram influencers. Like, and we were all doing kind of a little bit of coaching off to the side. And then, um, yeah, Zach, uh, Zach Newman and then Matt Davey, like we started the business together and then we've been able to put on um, yeah, I think we've got 18 coaches now, which is good. And then from that, like we've seen Moose and Ali start their business, which is pretty similar. And we've got like Jack Rayner and Brett Robertson and Colas Birmingham started a similar kind of online business. So like we're all, although we're competitors, we're all kind of fighting the same fight against that misinformation in running. Like there's a lot of people that end up in the running scene. And maybe it's because we've got that, you know, you look at our fun runs, like there's the charity component, there's the rec running component, there's the elite running, you kind of got a sub-elite kind of component as well. Sometimes you've got a whole lot of like corporate businesses who might be doing like team building stuff that put in a team to a local fun run. So there's a lot of stuff going on in, in running and our kind of ownership over it goes in all different directions because different people are kind of like trying to take bits of the pie. So we're just trying to say, hey, these people, a lot of our coaches have like minimum have been doing running themselves for 10 years. They've got a, I'm sure I could go to their houses and their bookshelves be full of running, you know, biographies or training manuals. They've got, you know, a lot of their Strava data is probably in their own little diaries at home and things like that. Like they're real students of the sport and they probably listen to, you know, they probably listen to our podcast every week, your podcast, probably some American city of smag kind of podcast. So yeah, underestimate, I think sometimes as athletes and people interested in running, how much, you know, compared to, those like, you know, Instagram fitness models who are giving out running advice on their Instagram accounts. Exactly. If there's anyone that's uh, interested in in the coaching, is there um, like a plug you want to put in? 
Instagram? Yeah, it, it's just um, run to PB, the number two, um, dot co. So, um, and like we, we got, we try to have different coaches for different levels. So if someone does want to break four hours or four and a half hours, we've got coaches who have worked with people in that um, like goal range before. Like sometimes people might put on, you know, put my name as like preferred coach to break four and a half hours where I'm not the man for that job because it's, you know, quite a different pace than what I run. And I haven't really worked with many people in that um, area before. And it looks a lot different writing that program compared to someone who might, um, you know, I've just got a new guy actually who's probably looking at 240. Um, and that's the perfect kind of client for me because I know what it takes to go from 240 to 235 for his next marathon. So, um, yeah, and then you got a different, you know, female coaches. Some females prefer to be coached by a female and things like that as well. And, um, yeah, we're pretty pretty picky with our coaches as well, like trying to, yeah, as I said, like they've got to know a lot about sport. And, um, yeah, and I think that communication part of it is yeah so important and you two guys know that as well like yeah we've got, same. Yeah. we've got the same so i work with team project run and we've got yeah you've you know ross murray who yeah if yeah someone's interested in shorter stuff then ross is your man we've got ali dixon who yeah you know, if you're a female marathon runner but yeah similar for me i say the same like if somebody wants to run that sweet spot for me is 233 hours i know how to coach yeah them. same yeah anything if you go outside of that and it looks very different. If somebody comes to you and can only run once a week, I don't really know how to schedule that. I know how to mm. schedule somebody who can run four or five times a week and wants to do a session and a threshold. It's, it's, that's what we do. So yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. I think. And um, yeah, you just got And it also, it, oh, sorry to interrupt, but it also gives those people like, um, cause I don't know if, how much running Ross is doing anymore, but like it keeps them in the sport and it gives them an insight to like work, you know, give back to the sport. And also a lot of our guys are like that, that sub elite kind of um, like Andy Buchanan's one of our coaches, for example, like a, a 62 minute guy, a 1340 kind of guy, 28, 20 guy. So he's not, he's not on a contract. He's not getting paid. So he's still got to go to work, but for him to have his 10 athletes that he coaches can just say to his work, Hey, can I have two days or one day off a week from now on? Because I can, you know, sit, sit down and kind of do some easier on the body kind of work. So it generates a bit of income for him, which hopefully can then give him a bit of less stress on his body from not being at work. And then he can kind of become that 13, 20 guy and maybe he can land a contract or something in a few years time. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, giving kind of those sub elite and like we've got Maddie. Maddie Heiner, who, you know, two-time um, Olympic finalist. So, like, stuff like her, like, it's some quality there that you get to talk to and communicate with as your coaches and um, also supports them in their their income so they can chase their running dreams. Nice. Yeah, cool. Well, we'll quickly go back to the podcast because I've got a couple of questions. Yeah, far away. Um, so what's your all-time favourite interviewee on the, on the podcast? Um, I mean, that can be one you've done or, or one one of the other boys have done and i suppose don't, don't like that. To say it's Aaron. huh yeah not me like not me or classy the, the uk guy i do enjoy talking to the uk guys because you're often like you're so similar to us in australia but it feels like it's it's similar but it's different like you get to ask interesting questions because you actually don't know the answers like i love talking to you guys about what your cross-country scenes are like or your road racing scene because it's um you guys you guys get our sense of humor and we get your sense of humor and um, you guys are pretty good at understanding the Australian accent as well, I find. So it's good to be able to talk to you guys because a lot of the information is new. Um, so you two, yeah, it was fun. We've got to get you and Josh tickle three of off. 
That'd be yeah. good to do. We'll um, get Moose to do it. We'll get Moose to interview him. Moose, he's a hard man to pin down for interviews. Got to, you got to, uh, yeah, he doesn't have much, too much spare time on his hands, he tells me. But um, familiar. Uh, who was, uh, talking about Ross Murray, I interviewed him in the real early days and that was, like, must have been episode like 10 or 15 or something like that. And he was, I got him at a stage where he just retired and um, you could tell he wasn't really sure what he was doing with his life anymore. And we kind of, I remember, like, I never met him before. He used to come out to Australia a bit, so I'd seen him at Falls Creek and stuff when he was down here. But it was one of those conversations that he got, like, 30, 45 minutes into it, and he just kind of let his guard down. And we're talking about, like, you know, did Nike kind of look after you in any way, like your mental health, when, for example, you're retired? And he was just, like, getting, we got into some deep themes, and that was really good to experienced that with him um bernard legat like five-time olympian i got to interview him in front of a live audience he was coming out for the gold coast marathon and morton his sponsor wanted to um do a q a kind of with him and then they kind of hit us up and said well can one of you guys interview him and we've got a live audience and that was pretty cool because like i remember watching sydney olympics like Hishamel Garouge up the home straight, like really, um, you know, massive race. I would have watched that hundreds of times. And here I am, I think it was something like 19 years later, I'm sitting next to him um, and I get to, you get to, it's a way that you kind of get to talk to people that there's no way in the past I would have got to spend an hour talking to him because we've got the podcast now. So that was pretty special to talk. And he's, He's done so much media that he makes your job as an interviewer very easy. Like you can throw out pretty shit questions and he's still going to talk for five minutes. Um, but but I'd, like, I'd, like, yeah. I'd like to think my questions weren't shit, but he makes he makes you look good. He's like almost a stand-up comedian up there as he does the stuff. Um, Steve Monaghetti is always good for the same reason. You send him, you know, a tiny little question and he'll talk for five minutes. Um, and these are guys like I grew up idolising and now I can – uh, you know, I can email Steve Monaghetti and say, hey, can I talk to you for an hour? And he's like, yeah, no worries. Like, you're just like, this is like pinch me kind of moments that you can spend time with these guys. And it's pretty, it's a privilege as well. And it's a privilege that people listen to it because you, then you've got a bit of a responsibility that you've got to produce some kind of good content. So yeah, Monaghetti, Ross Murray, Bernard Legat. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so like, yeah, we've done 210 episodes and we probably had an interview on, probably at least 190 of them. So we've documented a lot of um, running kind of media over the years. And, yeah, it's kind of hard to – I can't even think of – yeah, like remember interviewing Ali and Sinead, like real early days, like before they were even Olympics and stuff was on their radar. Like it's cool to hopefully one day go back and when I'm an old man, listen to some of those ones and be like, oh, yeah, this was – this is well, it's kind of a documentation of stuff in yeah. a way. Um, I, I was going to ask earlier, actually, it's, um, yeah, I've listened and I've even listened to all the old ones that you say 210 shows now, which is mm. nearly four years, I think. Is it four years? Just gone four years last week, year. Crokes was telling me, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously switched off on that bit. I must be running a session. No, this was, this was off air. Okay. <laughs> we weren't yeah. talking about on air, yeah. Yeah, so you've got four years of, of pretty much documenting your lives, like all, mm. all three of you. Um, so, like, is there ever a point where you sort of, I don't know, um, are worried that you're sort of telling people too much or have you always just been, yeah, really open with everything? Because 
I, it seems to seems to me you boys are happy to speak about almost anything you know I've heard in you know when Julian's been talking about sister and mm. all, all those things and it's, it's gone pretty deep so um yeah is there ever I, I suppose why I was thinking as well is I give um as you as we were speaking before uh, talk a lot about Eliza's drinking habits and um yeah I do wonder like is she going to go back and listen to these in a, <laughs> a few years time and think what the fuck was my dad talking about <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying is Hudson going to listen and go, geez, my dad was a dickhead when he was talking about, you know, stim- simulations and things like that, like conspiracies and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think it it hits home sometimes when you might go to a fun run. And, um, and like, our listeners are really friendly. And it's one thing I've really missed throughout the pandemic, like not being out in the running community as much. But you'll go to a fun run and someone will, you know, g'day, Brady, how you going? And shake your hand and love the podcast and then, and you're sitting there going, I've got no idea who this guy is. Yeah. And but and they're super friendly. Like they're talking to you like they know your life story because they kind of do. Like they've probably listened to 210 episodes and they know your wife's name and your kid's name and what school you work at and what all your PBs are and, you know, how that dog that chases you around the industrial estate, yeah, that was really funny. And then they'll put a joke in there that Moose always gives you shit about. And then it's like, hang on, that's Moose's joke. Why are you giving me shit about this? I don't even know who you are. And then you just walk away going, whoa, this is like how many, you know, people out there are like that. Uh, and it can be quite intimidating. Like if you're, especially if you're, you know, you're doing up your vapor flies, getting ready to race, and then someone has one of those conversations with you four minutes before you're about to, you know, jump on a start line somewhere. So um, I think being a teacher kind of helps. Like a lot of, all my work is dealing with kids, parents, staff members and stuff like that. So I'm a real kind of people person. And I've kind of got to be to be in the job I'm doing. So that kind of helps me with those interactions. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I often think as well, I'm like, could someone probably hack my bank account with the amount of, you know, they'll ring up and use my secret questions like what's your wife's name or what's your, you know, pet's name and things like that. I'm like, probably could. Um, I've got to start holding back on some information about that. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But I think if you don't do it, then you're not authentic. And then if you're not authentic, your audience can probably see through it straight away. Um and if your audience, yeah, that's where you might see your numbers drop. Or, um, and I think that's when we do our interviews, that's probably because we're not journalists, you're really just having an honest conversation with the person. And I think that's what people want to hear. Um, they don't want to hear this scripted three-minute interview that you might hear on morning news uh, or commercial radio. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one, but I think it's probably the future. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, when I was at one stage, I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Like it's, I heard you talking on the recent episode, like about um, some sponsorship and like, I'm you know, sure you guys will look at the Patreon or some kind of like way that you can get some funding because although podcasts are free to listen to, like the work behind the scenes is quite big. Like, and we, there's no way we would be still going now 210 episodes in if it wasn't for the um the sponsorship from brands and and mostly our Patreon supporters, like they keep us showing up every every week because otherwise, you know, it's probably, I'll probably put it an hour to 90 minutes into our show planning before we hit record. And then we're probably on air for 90 minutes. And then we've probably got a 60 minute production stuff. And then there's probably 
60 minutes to two hours of emails back and forth with the guy who sorts out our marketing stuff and what needs to go on social media and all that kind of stuff or back and forth with the interviewee, the interviewer. Um, so yeah, like the weekly show, which goes for two hours, it probably has 10 hours of planning and time that we've put into that show beforehand um, or afterwards with the, the post-production. And, and that's, where like yeah you got your hosting fees we've got which which costs money you've got your i think you guys are talking about your lighting and your gas and things like that like that stuff costs money but it's really the time away place because that's 10 hours that you're away from your wife your kids yeah. um your job like new, you know what i mean new like, iphones uh i need apple yeah, keyboard you yeah. guys must be going all right over there didn't Klaus just put in a new dishwasher or something as well? <laughs> like we're definitely not at that level of making money but um yeah, there's a lot of time away from your loved ones, um, and that's consistently. There's some Monday nights I come down to record in this room I am now, and I'm just like, oh, let's just make this quick show. Let's get it over and done with. But you get you get into the conversation. And you're like, oh, that was that was 80 minutes. That was 90 minutes. Kind of like we are now. Like we're know, we've been yeah. talking talking for a while, and that's good that it kind of comes naturally like that. Um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, and it's weird that people. Like I see our download numbers and then I see our Patreon numbers and it's like the majority of people don't support us, which I'm like, when you put something out for free, it's like, well, why would you support something that is free in the first place? But I always like to think that I often say on our show after we thank our Patreon supporters, like it's that value, like does our show, um, like you can support us for five bucks a month. Like that's a coffee, one coffee. Like, so does our show over the month, is it worth one coffee? And I'd like to think, although you can get it for free, I'm like, I'd like to think it is. Like that's probably four 60-minute interviews. That's a lot of training talk. Hopefully that's a lot of laughs you get. Um, Hopefully it's a lot of stuff that you can, you know, implement into your own running. Maybe it's shoe reviews, whatever it is, and that's Shoe Geek. So that's actually five episodes I'd like to think that's, you know, six, seven hours worth of content is worth that one takeaway coffee that you could get. But yeah, it's trying to, and at times I've been like, you know what, we should just never put, we should just only put it out behind a paywall from now on, but that's probably the conversation for another day. And then you, you, you kind of miss that exposure to a new audience and things like that as well. So the business behind the podcast is, um, yeah, stuff that we're always thinking about as well. And that's the perfect plug because as you, before this this interview goes out, we have just launched our Patreon. So oh, perfect. I'm going to clip that up, that segment where you're talking about the value and stick it in our show and, and I won't have to talk about it. Um, but yeah. yeah, and you guys are also promoting your sport. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not representatives of UKA and we're not representatives of Athletics Australia, but you'd like to think the sport at running in Australia is better because of what we've done. Um, and that's a way, like, if you want to support this and like, you know, to be honest, like a lot of our money, we're looking at starting like a, um, a bit of a like sponsorship kind of thing at the moment where like looking for people to apply and looking for that, that next level of athlete who might not get any funding and trying to make like an inside running, like elite team or whatever it is and putting some of that funding towards them and partnering with some brands and things like that. And like all our bonus stuff, like, you know, when Clousy did road to Valencia and the road to nowhere guys. And when, when Sinead did road to New York, that's where we could spend that money on trying to produce some of that bonus content for our patron supporters and things like that so we should do a road oh i was going to say a road to seville 
but you guys actually already do a podcast where you uh, talk about your, your training. So yeah. Yeah, we're always looking for different people to be on our um, yeah. little side projects and things like that as well. So yeah. hard. we've got some mini series lined up. So have you? Um, yeah. So you. So is that what you're thinking you'll do? You'll do Patreon and you'll do some, because you've got to also, like, although I just went on a big rant about that supporting us, you know, equals the free content. We do put stuff on our Patreon feed that, is um, like a reward for those people who support us. And hopefully that's a cherry on top for them to support us as well. But you guys yeah. are thinking the same thing. You'll do a exactly. bonus. Yeah, very similar. So we, um, we've we just lined up a, a mini series with Jake Smith, which will be starting on, on Monday. <sighs> so, yeah. Yeah, we'll just do some mini monthly series of, yeah, various British athletes training to try and give them more exposure because we, yeah, we haven't had that many races, so they've not had the exposure recently. And um, I like what you guys have, have done on your show. You've given massive exposure to the likes of Stewie. And I mean, they're obviously they're on the, the global, but I know so much about Australian distance running that I would never know about. And that's pretty much down to you guys. It's not down to, as you say, it's not down to Australian athletics or for us, mm. we need to do a, a similar type of thing. So so yeah, hopefully get a few mini series going, and um, yeah, um, see and isn't Jake I'm, Smith great? Like, here's another guy. Like, interviewed him, and you feel like if there's the thing, like, I've never met you guys, but I feel like I know you guys so well because you know you hear he is every week, or I've interviewed a couple of years, and you're like, geez, I can't wait to get to the UK and have a couple of beers with you guys. And like, I felt the same way when I got off air with Jake Smith. Felt like we were best mates, and I'm like, how good's that? You can just talk to someone for an hour which wouldn't happen if it was a five-minute or a 15-minute interview kind of thing because you get to go a bit deeper. And um, and you're right, yeah, it gives him a platform um, to kind of, yeah, give himself a bit more exposure and and things like that as well. So, And that's the other thing, like where do they get the exposure from if it's not through podcasts? Like we don't even – we used to have a magazine over here, um, but that folded. It was called Run for Your Life. Like they used to do a bit of running media stuff, but like we got Runner's World. You guys like that over in the UK? Yeah, like, that's well. just – We've That's like a- Instagram influencer kind of stuff. Yeah, got athletes weekly, but they've um, yeah. I, oh, still, yeah. I think in terms of distance running, we're just underrepresented as a whole. There might be some exposure for some of the sprints, or I think you were talking mm. about it on what you think should change for um Australian whatever it's called Australian athletics. Um, um, but yeah, you just surely you'd set up somewhere where you have different departments that are in charge. Your people mm. invested in that area of, of the, of athletics, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy to promote distance running because I love it. Whereas I'm not going to promote throws because I know nothing about it, but you sort of, at the moment, we've got people lumped into like one performance role and it's, it's madness. So. Yeah. I just, I just woke up to an angry email this morning actually, because we didn't mention the, um, the wheelchair winner at um, the New York marathon. It's pretty, I'm not that regular that we get, but it's like, Back to that, like the theme of our show is a Sunday long run kind of thing and what would come up in conversation. And that probably wouldn't come up for us in conversation. So, and it's, yeah, it's an interesting one that the wheelies, and I respect them and I've interviewed hand um, hand cyclists and stuff before on my other podcast before we started and I started inside running and it's it's an interesting one, but it just didn't come up. And it's like, yeah, it was an amazing performance, but then you it's like, that's not our role. That's Athletics Australia's yeah. role because all that comes under a big umbrella. Like we're inside running podcasts, like the same way we're not going to talk about a hundred meters like or a discus or a mm-hmm. javelin or a wheel, wheelie race because it's not what we're, what we're, what we cover. So it's, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not our main responsibility to cover everything in athletics. So, yeah. yeah. We, we try to do 
that at the start it just became too much like we were just not giving it the the sort of exposure it should be given because we were doing too much too much breath mm. of it that you sort of need to just pinpoint what you know and um yeah yeah i mean as you and say, what interests you you're just like so if this is the stuff that interests me that happened over the last week i'm back and that that's interest our rec running audience which is most you know what i mean because we're trying to bridge that gap between there's 500 people at park run and Stewie's running 1305 for a 5k over in a diamond league. Like where that's the connection we're trying to make yeah. um, to get those people knowing about, about Stewie or Sinead or Ali or whoever it is. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Right. I am. Um, I'm well aware we've been chatting for, for well over an hour and you've got a day to get good, into. good start to the day, mate. Thank you. You got some runs to get stuck into. Um, so, so yeah, I am. Um, I think we'll we'll leave it there. I think we could talk for hours, and I think though you you aren't even the questions that I've got down. You have gone into them anyway, so perfect interview. That's good. If I've enjoyed this, before, fellas. It's been yeah. good. Um, so I think from um, from all of us, me, Josh, Clousey, good luck in in Melbourne Marathon. We'll be fingers crossed for a, a decent little result, um, and then you can yeah stick it to the boys on the podcast. Um, but yeah, is there any um any socials you wanna wanna plug or where can we find you on on social? Yeah, I'm on like Instagram as Brady Trell, T-R-E-L-L. Um, Strava. Like I, I like Strava. Like Moose is off Strava at the moment. Like I like talking to people in the comments and like giving people a bit of like banter here and there. Like I I, I understand it could be like too much for some people to get involved in, but yeah, I'm pretty active on Strava. I like putting descriptions in my um my runs about the weather things like that so um yeah and talking to you guys fishing for a few reactions here and there so that's probably Strava's probably the best place just Brady Truffle um on there and then yeah thanks for the time boys and thanks for what you guys are doing it's kind of good at the moment like we've got one of our side shows is uh Road to Nowhere with Nick Earl, Ali Pashley and Joel Tobin White so I often listen to that on a on a Wednesday morning and then I get to listen to you guys on like a Monday or Tuesday morning, depending on what day you guys record. So you're definitely in my weekly rotation. And that's the thing. Like when you guys start this Patreon page, I'm going to be the first person on there because you guys get me through my Tuesday run every, every day of the week. And it's like, it's worth my morning coffee. So why wouldn't I, um, yeah, support that kind of thing. And it's, and you're supporting that consistency. So if you guys, what are you up to episode 26? Yeah. It's halfway through the year on, sunday so yeah yeah and this is usually when people drop off like and this is for you guys when it would be like oh do we really want to keep doing this like we've put in 25 weeks of this and we've probably lost money like why are we doing this again but all of a sudden if you can get 10 or 20 or 50 patrons in the first week it's like hey there's people who like our work and want to support us this is worth us rocking up for to just almost break even for the time you're putting into it so Yeah. yeah good on you guys for doing that We'll get some more enthusiasm out of Clousey, maybe. Um, but yeah, he might yeah, turn up lift, an interview. Lift his game. Yeah. yeah, too busy coaching. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, fellas. Good.